While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. This is it is us, the Moody Boys, Moody 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 Moody, and uh, as always, we are here to discuss motion pictures, pop culture, movies, music, and anything, Derek. and you know maybe make fun of Derek, maybe just a little bit, just a tad. I said, bit, make fun I said of Derek. you'll be bitching at Derek. That's what you're going to no, say. No, 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 no. Anyway, we make fun um, of you too. So, uh, okay, so we, we do all this. So beautiful. I know, right? I got a new mic, everybody. So if it sounds different, please let us know um, uh, on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> anyways, but uh, but yeah, so um, today we are discussing the, uh, I guess you could call it uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's cinematic oh. coming out party i guess you could say i mean he i know he had hard eight before this it's a sophomore was, effort yeah but this was like what put him on the map it's a, I mean, it's, a, it's a we're gonna give you a little more money next time yeah 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 we're gonna give you just a little more money and see what you do with it uh so yeah so this was his like you said his sophomore effort uh came out in 97 but yeah we're gonna talk about it uh, but before we do that, gentlemen, let's go ahead and talk about what we're drinking. So, Derek, what are you starting us off off tonight with? You always make me go because first. It's the best part of the drink because me and, me and Eric are like old ladies. The same we drink shit the same every shit time. All the time. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know how to make an old fashioned. Otherwise, I'd take, I'd make a. Why don't you do something interesting with your life and try yeah. a new beverage? All right. I do. I do. I do it on cruise ships where it's free. All right, so Eric, <laughs> Eric was saying some sort of bullshit the other day about how much he likes St. Arnold's and how he said something about liking their Christmas ale. So I picked it oh, up. Oh, okay. Uh, this is Is Texas it cold at least? Because it looks like it's cold. Oh, it's, it looks like it's warm. It's, it's very cold, yes. Okay, okay it doesn't good. look it. Uh, St. Arnold's yeah, right? <laughs> ye old Christmas ale, rich and cheerful. It tastes like Christmas. <laughs> it tastes like Christmas. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like Jack Frost's asshole. This is really awful, dude. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I really He's not don't a beer guy. Tomas, you'd he probably love it. He's yeah, just not a beer I, guy. I, I would probably like it. I like ales. Ales are, are, ales are in my it, top it, five. It's a tasty ale, man. I had I had one of them this weekend. That's why yeah. That's why it's funny, man. too. I was like, man, this is a good See, beer when I know, drink it. You know, Derek's more, I think, more of an IPA guy. He's, no, you know, because no, he's. Up. No, no, he's, he's, that's he's, an IPA. He's, he's, like, he's one of those hipster bastards. Likes an IPA. No. 
You know, I, I wonder if he was like arrogant. a snake bite, bro. I know I wonder if he like a snake bite. Shut up. No, swear to God, no, no, snake bite. I don't know if you'd like a snake bite. Snake My bite alternate is a, pick. No, 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 stop. A snake bite is like cider mixed with like a an ale. So it's called a snake yes. bite. Bite your dick off, bro. So my second pick. Um, <laughs> this is I found it uh, in the grocery store. Lucky Buddha. Ah, I've had this before. It's a really yeah, good beer. I love I love it whenever uh, you can find it anywhere. But ever since COVID, this place this this beer, I, I paid sixteen dollars for six. I mean, they're still kind of hard to get into the states right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they're good. Good man. I, th- I thought that was a, like a like a Negroni for a second. Like it looked like a <laughs> looked like a like a be- like one of those Italian beers. I'm trying to forget, there's one of them that I do like. That's an Italian beer. I don't remember what it is. Is it Peroni? Maybe Peroni. 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 Yeah. Not Negroni. Negroni's like an alcohol. Yeah, Peroni. That's a good, yeah. It's Peroni. It's Peroni. Peroni's I, pretty good. Yeah, Peroni's not bad. Peroni's not bad. It's in a green bottle, so it's okay. It's a green bottle beer. Yeah, so. beer. Eric, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, it's, like, actually, it's like a Heineken, like a Heine. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm what? drinking something a little different, but also uh, something that we're very used to because I, in my Whataburger cup here. Yes, have, I saw that. Have rum and Coke Zero. Coke Zero. <laughs> I hate you both. So Bacardi and Coke Zero. Cheers, is that what you're Larry. drinking? Bacardi and Coke Zero tonight? Uh, as a matter of uh, fact, yes, I am. Yes, it is Bacardi, actually. <laughs> we got Bacardi, like, white or gold? Or I don't know, you... man. It's just a bottle of Bacardi that's is in it... the fridge, and I just poured it in my <laughs> cup. I mean, I didn't look at it. It just said Bacardi. I poured it in my cup. It, it was yellow? I don't know. Does that help? Ew. <laughs> it was Ew. Yellow. There was yellow stuff. No, not the drink. There was yellow, like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Coffee. You two dipshits. <laughs> We're Ew. never going to finish this episode. <laughs> It's anyway, what of, are you drinking, Tomas? I'm drinking Bacardi and Coke Zero. You guys just want to be twinsies. You want to leave me out? Twinsies. Both of you. I'm done. Well, I'm out. You're well, a nonconformist, you right? Bro? Yeah, bro. You don't. You don't buy Bacardi, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told you to buy Bacardi. Just buy Bacardi. Get some I Bacardi. told you. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I just I I you know I'm, I'm, to chase him. That's all. Yeah, I know he, we was he he you know what you know what he likes he likes that we berate him from it. He's like a, he's like a a, a masochist. Mm. He's Look, a masochist. If if, if that were true, then I would be. Well, we'll Is, see how my picks do, go. Do, you you've been have you been watching Sex Room on Netflix? You have. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the sh- that's the show where they like build like like dom rooms, right? Yes. Nope. Yes. God, why do I know that that show exists? I've never because seen I it. I imagine it's good. <laughs> you've watched every episode, Derek. Yes, don't, don't like lie, haven't. bro. Don't lie. And your favorite one was the one where it's like the female dom, bro. Because okay, because, okay. Here's, you know, here's like the that. thing. Here's the thing. Number one, and it's okay, dude. Everybody's got their kink. You're good. I'm good with you, bro. I love you. My for point. It. My point. Number one. Yeah. Sure. You're into that, go for it. That that's your deal. I don't care. Have fun. Um, but two, I know for a fact that you've watched it, sir. <laughs> Me? No, Tomas. Oh. I know that you have seen that show. It's it's hilarious. It's I like think that you having seen that show is the only reason I know that show exists. You know why? Because I, I am a viewer of human interaction. 
Uh, they call that voyeurism, sir. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I'm a viewer. If it was a, if it was like across the street with binoculars, that's a voyeur. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm right. a viewer of a TV show. It just happens to be about dom rooms and in this, sex rooms. In this world, like like documentaries. That. You're also forgetting that. We're yeah, big, I'm a document. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an avid watcher of documentaries, which yeah. one of them is actually one of my uh, might be my top shelf this week. So, FYI. And with so that, let's go. <laughs> to the news desk. <laughs> to the news desk. News of the day. News of the day. News, news. Oh, oh. oh my God. Why? Why? It sounds so much better than it did before, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today in the Day of Our Lord, 2022, well, I'm going to go ahead and date it because it's fucking November 29th, and I saw the U.S. fucking beat Iran today on the fucking World Cup, bro. Fucking great fucking game. It should have been like fucking 3-0. There was a few chances that they fucking missed, but either way, they won 1-0. They were on into the knockout stage. They're and now and then they go. They're gonna go and play Netherlands, which I don't have high hopes there. Because <laughs> the Netherlands uh, are good. really good they're team. Good, huh? They're good, they, yeah. They're good. They good. good. And they got basically the the their their forward is like the breakout star of this year's World Cup. He's he mm. leads he leads the World Cup. He t- he's tied for the lead in World Cup for goals. He scored like four goals in the three games. So yeah. it's just he's he's legit. I mean he's. His like his his transfer fee has skyrocketed now from like where it was originally was like around fifty million dollars to now it's like upwards of like three digits like oh, like wow. hundred over a hundred million dollars now Jeez. and like Manchester United is all over him so it's the guy is legit if we can keep him in check and maybe get a squeak something in let's Ooh. see what happens but I don't know man we lost Pulisic in the game he's like hurt anyways it's sports ball Derek doesn't give a fuck so. Can we talk about one more I'm thing? actually really interested thing. in this, honestly. <laughs> like, I am, I'm incredibly hopeful. I hadn't, I hadn't heard how the game came out. I was going to watch it after we finished recording. Oh, I'm but, sorry, dude. I didn't mean to spoil you, bro. It was a good uh, game. That's fine. I mean, it was I, a good I'm game. sure it was in my feed. I just wanted dude, to watch the game, dude. The last ten minutes of that game was like nail biting because like Iran put out all the stops, dude. They even like they almost got a penalty. <laughs> it was really close. Like like they almost got it was nuts. It was nuts, bro. The last 10 minutes was because they had like 10 minutes of stoppage time at the end of the game. So Maybe I'll just jump to like that last minutes. like 20 minutes of the movie. I would watch the, the last, uh, game, I mean. I would watch the last uh 20 minutes of the first half and then watch the last like eh, then watch the last like 30 minutes of the second half. That's okay. that's when you're gonna be good, dude. Because then they they, they, start, they start subbing in people, and it gets hairy after that point. Okay. But uh, but yeah. So um, but it was cool, dude. No, it was it was it was a good game, man. It was a really really good game. So now we play the Netherlands this weekend at uh, the game. I think is at 10 a.m. Yeah. So so it's not that not that late. It's not that early. Right. Some of these games, man, we're at like five in the fucking morning here in the. I East, know. In the Did East you guys Coast. see that uh, that John Oliver video about the. Uh... Qatar stadiums and so forth. Uh, uh, explain. Yeah, I haven't. Okay, so 
Oh, man, if we're ever going to get blacklisted for somewhere in the internet. Um, <laughs> Qatar. We, we, we talked about we support homosexuality and things of that nature, but LTV. We do. We do. So we, might as well. Let's talk this. about it. <laughs> so. It's true. <laughs> All right. So um, Qatar won the bid for to host this, this FIFA game uh, series mm-hmm. back in like, I think they said it was like 2010 or something like that. Yeah, it was like 2012, 2010. Yeah, that's when they won the bid. And it was deemed at the time as the one city out of all of the front runners to not hold this event because they did not have the existing infrastructure to accommodate that many guests, that kind of people control that much plumbing, that enough uh, like stadiums and so forth. It, it didn't exist. You, you would never room in this town to build it. And then over the next 12 years, whenever they started building this facility they had all these uh immigrant programs open up from different places around india i think and they brought in all of these foreign workers to do all this hard labor and there were concerns about this fifa tournament taking place in qatar in the middle of the summer and it being too hot for the players because it's like you know one of the hottest places during the summer on earth yeah yep and so they, you know, there's all these concerns about, I think they were saying like the temperatures get up to 125 Fahrenheit or something like that. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Uh-huh, and so yeah. they brought in all these immigrant workers and they had this immigration program structured in such a way that these people were essentially modern day slaves. Uh-huh. They were taught, locked into working for these given companies. They couldn't transfer or change jobs. They were given like these crappy living quarters with no shower and no kitchen or just a toilet for like 20 or 30 people, like just these horrible conditions. And all of that has that labor and that kind of abusive program is the product of what it took to build the entire new city that all, all the Qatar stadiums sit in. Oh, yeah, dude. That's nuts. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, no, like, millions like, of people came over and they were like, they've only documented like they, 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 they kind of fudge the numbers when they say like how many immigrant workers had died during the process of it. And they said it was something like in the thirties, but all of these other like third like, party estimates have been like in human rights groups, of thousands of people yeah, dude. Have died in this really because they're working in 125 degree heat for 18 hours oh, to, to build a fucking stadium. Dude, dude. Okay, so there was um, so there was an I I would I read a whole mess of articles after they got like within two years. So like basically, the Qatar only only had like two stadiums in the entire country. They only had like two stadiums. They didn't have the infrastructure. Like, like the year, and this is something that you if you want to see how this really all came out came about, watch the documentary on Netflix called FIFA Uncovered. Yeah, because it's. For, it's oh, four yeah. episodes Basically and it talks a about mafia. the whole thing. <laughs> That's yeah. yeah, it's completely corrupt. So they they gave at the same time they gave Russia 2018 and they gave Qatar 2022 at the same time, which had never been done. And you know you have you you have these two countries that don't have the infrastructure that completely are like human rights disasters on their own levels. And you know and it, it was everyone knows they were completely bought. Like everyone had chosen. Like it was first, like they they thought that it was going to be the U.S. getting the 2022 World Cup. They had thought it was going to be U.S. Right, and Canada. Right. Like Mexico wasn't a part of the deal. Mexico was on its own. It was U.S. and Canada, or the Caribbean. It was going to be U.S. and Canada, or the Caribbean was going to get one right, of these World right, Cups. Right, right. They then, didn't even sniff it. <laughs> they didn't yeah. even sniff it. They weren't even in the top three. Like it was like the biggest mess. And so like. 
So like, uh, but in far as Qatar was concerned, like they, for the last basically ten years, let's just say ten years at least, they've literally built ten stadiums. They've built the infrastructure from the ground up. It's a whole cities. New, whole cities were built for this in event. Ten years, dude. In ten years, on the backs of like migrant workers. Yep. That Who they basically would, couldn't make enough to even pay for themselves to be able to like even send money back home or to do better for themselves yeah, or dude. to elevate their living status. None of that was yeah. possible. They brought in most of the migrant workers came from like Nepal. Yeah. So like, like it, it's, it's a complete cluster. I'm like ashamed like, of this then now. Like why? <laughs> I don't like want to watch well, the world. I mean, company. dude, if you think about it, like what are the biggest events that the world cares about somewhere between the Super Bowl and the world cup? That's it. And the NFL is well aware of the, brain trauma that comes from how players play and how they're forced to get back in the game and aren't <clears throat> able to like treat concussions properly or identify them. Yeah. And the stigmas around that, like, like that is the problem with the NFL. Like, yes, we love watching our sports and, and, you know, we see these teams that are we're passionate about and all that stuff, but it's the same thing in every major event. It's not just FIFA. It's, yeah. it's, it's I one guess, of those things, I, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I hear you. But speaking of soccer, though, did you, Tomas, did you hear anything about, I heard that uh, Lionel Messi is going to sign with a, an American oh, yes. MLS team? So the other day, well, first off, this is the thing. So there have been rumors. because Miami, uh, so right? Miami, the Inter-Miami yeah. team. So there have been a lot of rumors with the Inter-Miami team because they've been cleaning the house, basically. They've been given a, like, they had they had like a couple international players. Like they had Gonzalo Higuain, which was a star player for Real Madrid and for Argentina back in the day. And he came and played in the U.S. for Inter-Miami for like the last three years. He's played with them. Uh, and his brother, too. Um, they, they both played for Inter-Miami, but his brother didn't play this year. Like, he left. He retired. Gonzalo stayed another year. But he's retired. Like he's retired from football, from from soccer, um, and he's not playing anymore. So, and then there's another guy on the team. I think his name was a uh, Posone or Posona. I forgot his name. He also was an international player because you can only have like a certain amount of international players on your team yeah. on a, on an MLS team. It can't be like in the in the Premier League or in Real Madrid where you can just load up on international players mm -hmm. because they want honestly they want US based players to get experience. Yeah. yeah. That's the whole point. That's the point of the MLS from to get as, as, <clears throat> they want to try and bring to get a, a team together and make MLS competitive with the rest of the world and for that they have to increase the quality in the states mm -hmm. from states American players which a lot of them go Europe too but they 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 go to MLS first a lot mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So case in point is Tyler Adams, who's the captain for the U.S. team. He's like 20 years old and he's like fucking amazing. Like he's like the most amazing guy right now on the team. He's unbelievable. Yeah. But either way, um, and he plays for your New York Red Bulls. So, yeah. well, <laughs> so once Lionel, Lionel Messi steps foot on uh, on 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 our land, <laughs> that kid becomes the uh, number two, the exactly. number two player in the MLS. But yeah, yeah, so they they just announced today that Busquets, who's a guy on Barcelona's team, is coming to play into Miami, and he's like a real good. He's real tight with Messi, and so the rumor is that Messi's gonna come and sign with Miami. And supposedly it's going to be the biggest contract in MLS history. It's I was about to say they're going to have to pay that man a lot and of the, money. And the good, the good thing is, is that he'll have to play for US. But I mean, in the US, but like our season is the summer into the fall, 
and Europe is like fall into the spring. So it's like he'll be able to play here and then he may have to go back to PSG for a few games, like whoever they feel is top games, and he'll come back and play for Inter Miami however far they get. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know how they're going to schedule all that. But that's yeah, dude, interesting. that's fucking good. I can't wait for that. That's going to be crazy. I'm not a big Messi fan because of his time in Barcelona because Real's my team. But I do appreciate the freaking uh, the skill, the talent, because he is very he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's very talented. It'll feel much better when he's went scoring all those goals. and. Oh, yeah, dude. Just just for your team. and. You know. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, like, even when Beckham came to play at, 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 uh, for the for – the, the, um, didn't he LA play for the Red Galaxy? Bulls? Oh, no, he played for Galaxy. the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Played for the Galaxy because he was a part owner for the Galaxy too. When he played for the Galaxy, you could tell the difference, dude. Like his his like long balls were fucking unreal. Like it was like pin pin like pinpoint accuracy. It was great. But anyways, uh, but yeah, man. I mean that that's that's kind of like where we're at at that point. I mean, it was I was super excited to hear about that shit, dude. Well, wow, news so. was about sports. Interesting. Sports ball, <laughs> sports ball. I mean, we but, say pop culture. It's not, it's not, I mean, we I could talk about Kanye more. You want to talk about Kanye again? No, <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Me well, too. here's here's something. Here's something. So a few. It's, it's been a few weeks since we've talked. Um, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, then um, somebody decided to uh, upload all 285 issues of Nintendo Power. Oh, dude, yes. Yeah. When you sent that to me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I was in Mexico City, and I was like, dude, I got to drop everything and read this. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they basically, like, they, they somebody put all 28 issues on Dental Power unofficially in CBR and .CBR format. Okay? It's 40 gigs for everything if you download it, dude. That's high-res 40, content, man. Dude, 40 gigs. I was about to and, say, this, and, that's going to be nice. The first, the first, and I know the 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 first book of Little Power was, I believe, it was a uh, Super Mario Brothers two. I think that was the first issue. I think that was the first issue. Either that or it was Castlevania two. I gotta get my hands on that. That's and a pretty good be, library to have. Yeah, I yeah, want dude. it. I want that. It was uploaded to archive.org. So just look up archive.org. You could download the whole forty gigabyte file. You can download everything. Oh, I want that. I want to go. Yeah, get dude. It. I'm gonna go get it. <laughs> He's getting all giddy. Yeah, man. I'm gonna get that. <laughs> I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on to like fucking my my Ness online and just start looking up different things. And Dude, just like I was play video games. So psyched to look at that fucking magazine when I was a so kid. did I, dude. Dude, so I would I. lose my mind. I, it was great to see the the. My dad be like, "Why do you want to learn that?" I'm like, "Because it's fun. Because there's stuff that I won't know. Like, what well, you should learn just by playing the game." I'm like, "Who cares about that? I want to see. I want to beat the game. I want to do everything." And another thing for me I loved was those Howard and Me cartoons, because it was because <laughs> it was like the owner of the like the Nintendo Power CEO had his own comic strip with some kid named I don't know what his name was, but it was but the guys was see the CEO of Nintendo of America was name was Howard, so they made a comic strip of this kid hanging out with this guy Howard, and they on on adventures in like Nintendo World. It was so strange, so strange. Wow. That's weird. Which I don't remember that part at all. Yeah, yeah, which is a great segue into Jesus. today they released the trailer for Super Mario Brothers the movie. Oh, mm. did they? I didn't get to see it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I gotta yeah, I'd love to watch see it. it. It was a. Uh, it's basically it's it's chock full of nostalgia. Uh, okay. it's, it's it's it seems funny. I mean, it's from Illumination. Yeah. So um, uh, those guys usually do it right with their own shit. So let's see if they do it. Hopefully, do it with Nintendo. 
For sure. But, you know, you, you, I'm definitely not getting any John Leguizamo, Bob Hoskins vibes from it. <laughs> oh. So. <laughs> that movie is so bad. Movie is so bad. God. You know, the best part of that whole movie was fucking, uh, uh, was what's his name? Um, Dennis Hopper. as uh, he, I mean, like, uh <laughs> actually the other night that's no, really funny i i called so i was playing um mario party the other day with my wife and some friends and he uh, says mario party i know because he's so he's so new york he's so new jersey mario yeah, that's how the you're mario supposed to brothers. say the name mario. Super mario brothers that's how the name is supposed to be said <laughs> anyway <I> disagree <laughs> no oh you, you disagree do you do you Yes. Do <laughs> you have any close family members that are European? I would like to for- formally object, please. Do you have <laughs> any close family members that are European? Your objection is noted. We're doing Robert's Rules of Order here. Your objection yeah, is noted. You do? Like <laughs> yeah. straight off the boat from Europe. <laughs> yeah, man. Where from? Yeah. Where in Europe? Give me a country. Albania. Oh, my God. That's not Europe. What do you mean? This is definitely Europe. Europe. That's Eastern yes, Europe. It is. Yeah, it's not the Middle East. It is Europe. <laughs> are you right, are you part right. of the mafia, bro? No. <laughs> like the Albanian mob? Or what kind of grilling of a question is this? Why am I getting interviewed now? <laughs> right, I'm sorry. I, let me, are let you me related say, to anyone? Can I, can I break it down? I shouldn't have said European. I should have said Mediterranean. How about Mediterranean? <laughs> Albanian. They're not that far. Oh, yeah, that's true. They are there too. (laughs) (laughs) Derek, 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 I have one question for you, though. Do you have a particular set of skills? Dear God. (laughs) What even are we talking about right now? Anyway. Anyway, so. As you're saying. Yeah, Mario. Uh, so, I'm gonna, yeah, Mario, Mario. That's so, what it was. So, God. I'm gonna break it down for you. So in Europe, where the Romance language, where the name Mario comes from. Okay. Yes. Reba's uncle is a is a French man. Okay, and his name is Mario. And I remember the first time he came to visit when I started dating Reba, like you know, a hundred years ago. We're sitting at we're sitting at the table. Uh, Uncle Mario's there, and I and I said his name, and I said so Mario, whatever. And all the kids started hysterically laughing. <laughs> and Uncle Mario looks at me and he goes, "Hey, hey, hey! Why they why they laugh at you like that?" I said, they think it's funny the way I say your name. And he looks at all of them and he says, he says it the right way. (laughs) That is how it's supposed to be said. Mario. The Mario (laughs) thing, he said that to the Mario thing is completely some weird Americanized twist. (laughs) But it's supposed to be Mario. 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 Boom. Suck it. (laughs) <laughs> we'll uh, take this into arbitration and see where it goes. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and appoint a special counsel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and my original story too. I was trying to tell you. I was playing Mario. Okay, sorry, Brady. sorry. Where the fuck Mario. are we going with this? I know. This is for real, man. We just got to a weird place. So I was playing a Mario party with my wife as well, and um, and I referred to Bowser as King Koopa. And she oh, looked at me. And she looked at me like I was. An that idiot. dates us. That totally dates you, bro. You no, know, but so, I, I, me date me. But she, she, she's the same age as me. So she goes, King Koopa. What are you talking about? And I was like, <laughs> I was like King Koopa. And she's like, what? I was like, uh, that was I his was name. Like, 
Yeah, I was like saying it, and she goes, Cooper Trooper? I was like, no, that's Cooper Trooper. I'm talking about King Cooper. And then, <laughs> and, and then she's I'm like, I'm like, Bowser, Bowser. And she's like, what are you talking? She had no recollection that he was referred to as King Koopa. Yeah, man, that was his original name. But like everyone refers to him as Bowser now, but he was like referred to as King Koopa, like all the way up yeah. to like Mario 3, I feel like. Yeah, man, he was. He, that's yeah, probably because of Smash and Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. part of that's part of it. Like he's labeled as, you know, Bowser. Bowser. Bowser, yeah. Bowser Koop. Yeah, because they all had names, dude. And you had and remember he had like eight kids in Mario 3. Yeah, yeah. And not I think only like two kids are left. <laughs> it's just, just like there are only like three, like two around. kids left. I, th- I, think... I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's all weird. It's all weird. But yeah, but no, he they changed it. Now it's Bowser Koopa or whatever, Bowser. But yeah, no, like, but yeah, he used to be called King Koopa. And and actually the princess that we and they saved in the first one wasn't Princess Tulsa, it was Princess Peach. That was the first princess, Princess Peach. I never mm-hmm. thought it was Toadstool. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was the it was the, the brown haired chick, Princess Peach. Yeah, God, yeah. we're such fucking nerds. Anyway. I'm 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 totally like <laughs> Other news? Other news items? Princess Peach okay, is not brown. Is it brown? I don't no, know. No, she's blonde. Daisy's brown. Daisy, there you go. Daisy, there you go. There you go. I forgot the other girl's name. You guys so, gotta come correct with your Mario knowledge. All right, right? and one last piece of information with your so Mario knowledge. They also released today the new trailer for that '90s show. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, I'm kind really? of excited for that, dude. I, I am kind of excited. Isn't it wild that the '90s was 30 years ago? I oh, know, dude. <laughs> Let's not talk about this on the podcast. Wait, no, wait, hold on. Derek wouldn't know. He was like one year when the '90s came out. No, no, I think he was still negative one, negative one or two. No, he was born in '89. Remember, he's a, he's friendly with T Swift. He's part of that. He's oh, a Swifty. He was a late '89. So you were I like what? You December so 29th. Yeah, it's 89? like yeah. Is that where you are? You just December by, like, December 29th. He was like he was like is that your birthday? Like, yeah, he was like a pubic hair nine, 90s. <laughs> I'm, I'm did you, so Did you even have apologetic. pubic hair in the 90s, bro? I feel so bad for the people who listen to this show. Yeah, me too. Because oh, why did you come here? Speaking I'm of sorry. which, don't I, don't, I, never, I haven't said it in a while, but I was so happy when I saw the last episode of Rick and Morty when he said cum gutters. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I immediately <laughs> thought of you and I was like, me too. is never going to drop Every this. Time. Yep. <laughs> When the train guy showed up again, yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" Story Lord, yep. <laughs> yes, yep. yes. All right, so I was like, "This, this is what Tomas watched the show for." <laughs> I do for cum gutters. So, anyways, all right. So, uh, you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, good, I don't man. know. I don't want to talk I don't about know. anything else. I don't want to talk uh, about anything else. But what we're here to talk about, and I'm ready to talk about that. <laughs> it's gonna be unfortunate. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. I really, I really can't wait. So, Derek's Derek has you have a pick this time, right? This is your pick next, right after this movie. Yeah, so I'll have a pick, and then also we'll announce our uh, Christmas episode special. Nice. I'm Mr. boy. Are Heat these gonna be Miser. fun picks? I'm Mister Heat Miser. <laughs> I'm coming in hot and heavy with these buddies. <laughs> Are we doing Die Hard 2? Because we did Die Hard 1. That would be so no, great. No, we're not doing Die Hard. Are you kidding me? He's like, Die Hard well, we did for the show. You play that too much. That's what yeah, yeah but we... You guys we are no, I'm done with it. <laughs> I, I know the other ones are good. They're not as good as the first one. We've already watched the first one. I'm done with it. The <laughs> show's right, done right. with that show. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we're going to go ahead and uh, stamp our passports for Tinkletown. We'll see you guys in a bit. Peace.
portion of our episode <laughs> i'm so upset now <laughs> that's so bad I'm, i just want to i want to try out this mic and make sure i'm gonna see what it sounds like when i put it out there dude because it's gonna sound so glorious it's gonna sound glorious 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 <laughs> anyways I mean, it does i mean it does it's time I mean, it's it time to start the episode <laughs> It's gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna start talking about the movie. Yay! The movie. The movie that is Boogie Night. <laughs> <laughs> so I got any- the. I'm ready to. Uh, I got the synopsis. I can. I can do right. this. Give me it. Go. So so hold on, hold on. Before we get started, want to be sure. Just give a little. I'll, like what I always do. All right. So give me some time here, Derek. Give me some fucking time, bro. I'm so disappointed. All right. Here we go. Hold on. I'm getting in the mode. No, no, it's, it's already getting, recording. I'm getting in the mode. Oh, I know God. we're in recording. That's why I'm doing. I'm getting in the mode. Anyways, oh. all right. So the movie we're talking about is Boogie Nights. Uh, came out in the year 1997, the year I graduated from my high school. Thank you. I think Derek was like six. Um. So yeah. So there's that. Um. When did you graduate, Eric, from high school? 2001. Fuck you, you guys are fucking babies. Anyways, all right, so um, so yeah, it was in 1997, directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, Eric wants me to call him the great Tom Paul Thomas Anderson, but that's when he gets into Fellini status, and I don't think he's there yet. Um, so but anyways, <laughs> what you're even talking about? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no, by by Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, it stars a host of people, you know, Mark Wahlberg. Burt Reynolds, Julianne Moore, the great Julianne. She was amazing. Uh, Luis Guzman, he's Don my Cheadle. boy. Don Cheadle. Don C. Um, let's see, fucking Heather Graham, William H. Macy. Um, I mean, there's so many people. In, uh, bro, Thomas Jane, John C. Riley, yeah. But I love Thomas Jane, by the way. He's like so underrated. I love Thomas Jane. He's great. Hey, William uh, H. Macy. William, yep. Yeah, William H. Macy. Yeah, we little said Bill. that. I mean, little Bill. little Bill. Uh, Nina Hartley, which is Little Bill's wife, who is an actual porn star slash sex therapist, FYI. Oh. Oh. So, so she's like legit. Uh, and uh, uh, and it, 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 Man, a, talk about continued education. That's badass. No, yeah, yeah. So she she was actually she's a porn star. Then she got her degree in like in like like as there as a therapist, and she's like a registered sex therapist and shit like that. Dude. So Can you imagine like the level legit. of expertise that she's got to have by this point? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So anyway, so yeah, so um, uh, Eric, it's your flick, bro. Take it away, man. Okay, so boogie nights. Back when sex was safe. Plus, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Sorry, sorry. I forgot that was a synopsis. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> so, let me restart. <laughs> Back when sex was safe, pleasure was a business, and business was a booming. <laughs> I, an idealistic porn producer aspires to elevate his craft to an art when he discovers a hot young talent. 
<laughs> now, when you said business was a booming, I'm thinking of fucking Brad Pitt yeah. and Inglourious Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I did too. Business is a booming. So yeah, no. I mean, all right. So let me give you my thing on the movie. Movie's a very good movie. I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. But one of the things that I thought of is that I know I could tell this was PTA's second flick, second major motion picture, because it gave off too much Scorsese vibes. Like, mm. I felt like I was watching Casino a little mm. bit. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not, and I'm not knocking PTA because PTA was great. He's great. He's a great director. He's a great writer. The story was very good. But the way that he shot the movie gave me a lot of like casino vibes. There was a lot yeah, of those long takes. It's a lot, it's a lot more than just those long takes, though. No, like, yeah, it was and it, almost he, the entire. He, he did a lot of long takes. He did a lot of long takes, which isn't a bad thing. I enjoy the long takes because it gives you everything that's happening, and I and I get that. And I know that's what he's trying to do, but that was one of the things I was like, man, this is there could be a lot of stuff happening in this movie, and I know he's trying to tell everything that's happening in the motion picture. But excuse me, sorry. But everything that's going on, I mean, there's it, it's so much happening that he's doing these long takes, and it's passing through. We're we're getting the characters, and I think the long takes actually, which which now that I realize it, the long takes always happened when it was like a new year, like a new event happening, things of that nature. So like at first it was the pool party, then it was New Year's, and then it was the movie, then it was a fucking you know. The, the drug induced arguments, you know, those, those were like the long takes that were happening for you to get an idea of where everybody was at at that point. And yeah. I understand that, but it just, it just, it, I, it couldn't, I couldn't stop getting like Scorsese casino vibe. And I think that's, I don't think that's what Paul Thomas, what PTA was trying to do, but it was just, it was coming off like that. And it's like I said, I'm not knocking it. It was a very good movie. It didn't take away from the story, didn't take away from the movie. It's just I, w- I was getting those vibes as I was watching it the, the couple times I saw it because I, I watched it twice. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's 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 my hot take. Oh, right it's now. not. I want all your hot takes. I want to hear you know anything that upsets you about it. I'm actually no no no, really, no 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 no. I'm, I'm interested. I wrote it down as a note so because so, I'm, yeah. I'm going to address it. But yeah, no no. What <laughs> else? Right, go ahead. Do you think? Or do you no, have no, any- no, that, that was, I mean, that was, a, a, and I mean, there was a, there was a few things that had like, I, I was kind of like laughing at like some of the stuff that was, was going on. Like, I know Mark Wahlberg was nominated for the movie, but fuck me. It was, Wait, he, he was, he was nominated for it. I think he was nominated for the motion picture. He was actually nominated for this. Oh, really? Jeez, yeah. I don't think he deserved it. I don't think he did either, but I'm, I'll, I'll look and find out for sure. But it was just, I know that PTA was nominated. He got nominated. I think for, for sure. writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I was, I, I, but he was, God, his voice sometimes. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. No, no Burt Reynolds was nominated. No, Burt Reynolds and Julianne Moore were nominated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, all right. But, well, yeah. Derek, go ahead. What do you think? Go ahead, Derek. Um, man. The best way I can describe my feelings about this movie was how much as I watched it, I saw a lot of a lot of really creative uh, thoughtfulness put into how those scenes were kind of orchestrated and the, the, the 
like the myriad of mechanisms and machinery that caught, kept all those people in pace for these long takes and these beautiful like cinematic sweeps. Um, and, and it was done really, really well, honestly. Uh, it's a, it's a simple mechanism to show off simultaneously while you set the stage for any given new environment. Right. Um, but the entire time I was watching it, I was like, mm, Magnolia did that sec that sequence better. And that was the entire theme of me watching this movie. Like it was good. It was a good movie, but every time I watched it, I thought I'd really rather be watching Magnolia right now. And it made me think about how you feel about Wes Anderson films and how he's been doing the same thing for a long time. And you're, you, you know, he's got capacity to be better and to do something new and original and something that would, you know, be as impressive as some of his original work. But now he's just kind of rehashing the same thing. And it made me think now this is only two, uh, P.T. Anderson films being, you know, compared here, not all his whole library, but the whole time I'm sitting here thinking this was done better in Magnolias. Is that, is that it? Yeah, that was my bit. That's my only complaint. The whole movie. Like, yeah, there's some gratuitous dick at the end, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, well, that was actually famous when it came out, dude, for that, because that was a, that was a a prosthetic that he put on. That was like a really famous his, thing. His it wasn't really yeah. his penis. So, yeah. Whatever. So, <laughs> so it sounds like you both only have two. No, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, no, no, no. You guys spoke. You guys spoke and I said nothing. So it's now time for me to stop. It's time to take our list. I literally sir. said nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. So Go both ahead, of Eric. You had Let me hear you. Two hot takes or whatever, or just a regular take for Derek. It might not be hot. So. Tomas said you said the long takes seemed maybe gimmicky or Scorsese to you. And Derek, you said Magnolia just did it better. So I agree with one of you. And it's Derek. (laughs) I agree with one of you. And it's Derek. Oh, you're an asshole. (laughs) I know. Can you believe it? (laughs) So I'm going to address the long takes thing first. Um, you guys do realize that Martin Scorsese is not the only director to do long takes. I know you I always say that. Very, said very that clear about it. He's not the only it. one who's done it. He didn't I know. create it. He will. He was not the I first. Know. I know. I know. Okay. I know. So with that being said, and he's you perfected need to, it. He's you need perfected. to get the. No, he hasn't. You need to get that out of your head <laughs> because if anybody, if if Paul Thomas Anderson is is taking the long take from anyone, it's Robert Altman. It's not Scorsese. Okay. So. With that being said, you're comparing it to Martin Scorsese because you're looking at the at the time period that it's in and this cool nature of like every in the vibe that's going on and in the porn and the sand and, and no, sand yeah, and yeah, yeah, no, no, so, and and, and but, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, go ahead. Oh my god, you're gonna, you you're gonna wait until I'm finished. <laughs> you're right. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're good. So in the um, so you're you're. It's the scene, and it, it seems like it's a, a mob esque scene because we're in this porn world that could seem mafioso in itself in yes. a spooky way. So I understand why you're relating that to that. But I want to point something else out too that's very important here. Okay. Those, you guys agree that those long takes are incredible. Do you agree with that? Oh, of course. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah I'm not complaining. Derek? Derek? Yeah, I do. I do. You think that they're masterful? You think they're masterful, right? 
Uh, um, I mean, I would like, say... Are you out of your minds right now? Here, <laughs> in question that. They are okay. masterful. It doesn't, that's objectively speaking. They are masterful. I would say that they're among the best that have ever been done. Yes. But yes. there would undoubtedly be someone out there who is better. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's the best. And masterful doesn't mean it's the best thing I that's mean, ever happened. The, 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 the best long take I've ever seen is that one that, that one from that Cuban movie I sent you guys. That that's really incredible. incredible. That one would <laughs> because they had they had no technology back then, no. so I was really impressed. Oh my god! Yes, anyway, anyway yes. fucking made that shit anyway. work. That was an incredible shot. Yeah, the the fact we the, need the to fact post that... that somewhere so our listeners have a clue. What we're talking I just about. I, I could totally do it. I just don't know how to post on Instagram that way. <laughs> I'm such a fucking old man. Me I don't know god. how to do that shit. So, anyways, go ahead. Hit me comments, Eric. dude. Jeez, Eric, come on. Yeah. So, anyway, so the um. So the it's it's an incredible long tape, and the point that I'm making here is that the long takes that you guys really like from Scorsese are like from from Goodfellas, right? And yeah, that, that was beautiful. It's you. a beautiful long take. Scorsese was probably what like 65 years old when he made Goodfellas, and oh it was his what, it's his 12th <laughs> film at that time. You have to understand something that this is like a 25 year old boy. That made this How film. It is his second film, and he had sequences and takes that look like that. Okay, so when you say Derek Magnolia did it better, fuck yeah, it did. You know why? Because he now had uh, years of experience and a film and another film under his belt for Magnolia to do it better. Okay, separate <laughs> Magnolia from it. I love that you like the movie. It means a lot to me, but give the kid a break. This film was made by a child, my dudes. You're not recognizing. Like while I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this the man of a child. Yes, yeah, so like, this man. <laughs> this man was a kid, and we got a movie with performances like this. Okay. <laughs> Give okay. him a break. <laughs> come back to Earth. Do not come with come at me like that again when it comes to Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, but but in the same way, you know, there think, are people. I think who, you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Oh, think you're wrong. There there are directors out there who have put out some of their original films and they were trash, and then eventually they got great. Okay, now I'm not saying that Boogie Nights is trash, but every it director isn't. starts off somewhere. And ends up sometimes being really this, badass. <laughs> no, like this is this is um this in my opinion this this movie is uh Paul Thomas Anderson's uh like you know his THX one one three eight you know this is where you go. No, before... no, I'm just kidding. No, dude. Not. <laughs> not even. <before. laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's his American <laughs> graffiti. It's his like... American graffiti. It's his American graffiti. If you think about it, oh maybe. That's exactly. Yeah, that's I think like this a, film is better. I think it's better than. No, this, it is so. better. It is yeah. better. It is more polished. I'm gonna lie. Like, okay, look. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that like it had a. It gave me the vibes of those of of that movie of Casino, because one also Casino came around on the same time. Casino came out like in '95, and it just has the same feel and look. And it, I don't know if it has the same like people or same people that handled it. It just and and probably because it was in the '70s and it dealt it's with like, that frame. kind of. That yeah. kind of world, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that seedy sure kind of underbelly of like I, entertainment. I highly doubt this film wasn't inspired by Casino. I highly doubt it wasn't. I'm sure there was. Oh no, yeah, inspiration I mean, in there. You know? Yeah, because of the you know the, the set design and the production design and all that stuff. So it, it had it had the the look. You know what I mean? So also a better movie. 
What casino? I don't. Yeah, I don't casino. agree with that. Casino. I don't, agree with that. Uh, I don't know about I don't that. Because that. <laughs> a very good movie. I. I mean, I, well, I'm. I'm gonna. One of these days, I'm gonna pick Heat. Um, I can't wait to pick Heat as our movie. I would fucking love that movie, bro. Dude, I got more words on that one later on. You're coming. <laughs> so, but but I, that's the only thing, man. I mean, and we'll get into the movie now. But that was just my kind of just vibe while I was watching the movie. I was like, I was like, man, I'm getting, I'm getting some real casino vibes from this motion picture. So that was all. That was it, man. That was it. World up. So. All right, so how do you guys want to go through this? Eric, you know all the scenes. You know everything about the movie. How many times... Okay, how many times have you actually watched this fucking movie? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't... I would... If I can, like... I, I have to guess. I don't know. Like, many, many times. I'd say probably close to 100. Really? hmm Holy shit. hmm That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Probably around right. now. Yeah. So I guess... Well, I guess, well, let's just start going through the movie, man, because it's a long fucking movie. Let's just go, go start going through the scenes. So, I mean, I mean, I, since you know the movie, Eric, let's, let's start you, talking about it, dude. Start talking what do you, about what it. What do you think the um, the sequence where he, he gets in an argument with his mom at the very beginning? <sighs> which which one? Because he got into an argument twice with her. No, when the he's screaming at her in his bedroom and house. she's shredding his room. Yeah. That I, was such That was such a, like, like. It was you a know, dark like, conversation. Dude. Yeah, it was, was a like, sad scene. It was a sad scene, but it just I can't get past Mark Wahlberg's the way he acts sometimes. So it just didn't feel real to me. So I, I yeah. it's funny, guys. I don't I don't know why, but that scene made me laugh. No, it didn't make me laugh, but I don't know why, but like that was the only scene of his that I bought. Really? And I don't know why. Yeah. Mm. I can't I, well. I don't know. I mean, I think it was. I think I. If you bought it, it was more from the mom side. It's just the way he, the way he acts sometimes. It's just like I can't get through, get past Mark Wahlberg. And also, this was so Mark Wahlberg. This was like his, like I don't know, it's like his second movie. I think he did a second or third movie he did, and and like he had put it in his contract that he didn't want to sing, <laughs> dance, or be in his underwear. And he did all of them. And he did all of them because PTA talked him into doing it. Because <laughs> he said it was part of the what you had to do for the flick. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, because because he had just come, he had just finished doing Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. He had just come off the whole Calvin Klein marketing bonanza that he was a part of, and and of course, you know, like he was quote unquote. The sixth new kid originally, like he was gonna join the new kids, but he thought they were too soft. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do hip hop, <laughs> so <laughs> that's what. Okay. That's what because, I don't know, man. I don't think there was a major issue with people. Don't know this, but new the new kids are from like South Boston. They're fucking delinquents. They were all delinquents. Like all those kids were fucking always in trouble with cops in the neighborhood. No lie, and they just were a good group and they hung out together and they ended up becoming a band but like all why those are kids we talking from, like, about the new kids anyways because <laughs> it's, it's marky mark and the funky bunch anyways but but yeah so that was the whole thing like he did the whole dancing thing in the fucking club and he, he ended up only doing that one time and then he had the song like you got the touch it's so bad yeah but he had to sing that that was he was supposed to be bad on purpose yeah he, was, i'm sure he was supposed to be bad which was very funny to me by the way it was very yeah. funny because i love that song too because <laughs> all i get it's transformers the movie but but I mean, 
Yeah, it's like he was. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that movie, um, Rockstar. Oh my like God! One? Yes, which he was in. That's a great he movie. Was which in. He, was he was also in. Yeah, and, and, yeah he was I, badass I, in that movie too. I can't. I can't ever get past the chick peeing. I can't ever get past that. <laughs> scene. So, 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 but uh, but anyways, the um, I thought I thought Mark Wahlberg's acting wasn't particularly stellar, but I I think he was consistent, and I believe yeah. that his his character was yeah. who he said it was. I, mean, I thought. I mean, yeah, the scene with his mom. You know where he's he's sobbing and he's being told by his mother that he's worthless, right? Yeah, um, that's a hard. It was scene. a hard scene, and and not everybody cries pretty, right? <laughs> so maybe that's Mark. <laughs> but um, you know, he also was really good in the scene when he uh, went tried to go toe to toe with Burt Reynolds. Oh yeah, you know what? The, he it's not an amazing performance, but it's not bad. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't have shit in his shit actors in his movies. No, he, he doesn't. It, he doesn't. He gets it done, you know. He does get it done, and I think that's why I'm thinking like, like I mean, like I'll move past it. I think that the mom, I think her portrayal and her like energy kind of like pushed that scene through yeah. to the end. Yeah, yeah. Because she like I hated her, yeah. <laughs> like I did not like her. Good although job for me, hate her. yeah. Although for me, that was that her character was a kind of a plot hole for me because like after he left, like that was it. She was done. Like whatever happened to his mom, whatever happened to Cheryl Ann, the girlfriend too. You know what I mean? Like that girl. That, like, that part of his life was done. He was done with that part of his life. It was yeah, over. But I yeah, but it, it, it kind of makes sense. Be, like I wanted, I did. I, I wanted it not to be erased from the story, but it needed to exist so that he yeah. could embrace his new parents as, as well as he did. Right. That was the whole point of that initial sequence. Yeah, and that's why I don't think we need to see her ever again. No, okay. I, 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 I can buy. <laughs> yeah. I can buy that. I was just like, I was just like, I like, I wanted a little bit more from that. Like, I wanted a little bit Maybe more, kind ending. of like, like, yeah, you run out, and then like a few weeks later, you see your parents cross the street, and you don't walk, you don't talk to them, or whatever. That I would have, I would have actually bought that a little bit more. I would have been okay with that if it had done something like that. But then, of course, it kind of would have. I think probably now that you're talking about it, now that we're talking about, it, I would have taken away from the story a little bit because it would have been too much. Maybe it would have been too much emotion for Mark Wahlberg to handle. I have no idea. Because, I, I mean, I, just don't, I don't know. necessary at all. I have to go back to it. We got the complete story. Like we uh, didn't, it was, I guess. It was a, such a small part of the With whole thing. the girlfriend. Film. Yeah. The girlfriend and, was left out. And the girlfriend, right? Not really. I mean, the girlfriend, I, that wasn't even really his girlfriend. It was just showing that, like, for She's a fuck he has buddy. The, yeah, and he has the ability to pleasure women very, very well. I mean, so, they could have just cut that whole scene out. <laughs> I mean, they could have gotten true. rid of that scene too. Yeah, and it would have been yeah. fine. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have been okay without that scene. Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't need it. Then and I don't have any kind of false she pretenses said, on how important she is or not. The mom could have said you're fucking around with that girl, and not, and it wouldn't have mattered if we had seen yep. that girl or not. You know what yep. I mean? That's, I mean, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, that's probably that's probably a, 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 a good <clears> statement. But yeah, so. um so yeah, parents screaming, she's shredding the room. Dude, I felt so bad for the dad. That's who I felt bad for. Because he left yeah. his dad. Yeah. I wish, though, he would have taken his dad with him or done something with his dad. He like, would have been like, get the a, fuck out. On a porn spree. No, <laughs> I know that. But I'm saying that like, later on, I wish they had done something where his That's dad would have been like, you know what I mean? Activity, yeah. No, yeah. but I'm saying like, I wish they would they would have done something where the dad was like, he like showed up and like, let's go, dad. You know what I mean? Like he was involved or something. Like yeah, because I mean it seems like 
it seemed like they were both stuck there. And when he left, like he just kind of left his dad kind of thing. And I felt bad for the dad more than because that lady I, was I think it's a so bitch. Funny how, it's so funny how attached you are to this family that was in the movie for a total of maybe 17 seconds. Which is one of the cool things <laughs> like, I liked about it that I get attached to this family because it's just, it's one of those dynamics that like, I, I saw it and I was like, man, I wanted to know a little bit more of what was happening. Even though I know it was happening, well, my mom was completely abusive. Horrible first fucking person. You know, because you could tell she treated the dad like shit because the minute he gave her a kiss, he's like, you didn't shave? Like, you know, like, what a fucking bitch. And this, and the dad is a complete fucking coward. They do. They do. To his credit, they do give us a lot of closure around each of the... Because that's one of the big things. Like, we follow all of these characters and all of their lives and their day-to-day and we get attached to a lot of them. You got, you know, Luis Guzman's character who, you know, he's very affable. Right. And we all want to know what happens to him. We want to know what happens to Don Cheadle's character. And we get to see all of those transpire and Don Cheadle's like fucking donut shop scene. Like what the fuck? But like, that's a great scene. Sorry. It it is. That is a great scene. That is a great Um, scene. It reminded me a lot of uh, some sequences out of Reservoir Dogs. Um, But not all, all the same. Um, yeah, like all these little story, stories that all get tied up in a nice little bow, maybe giving him a break on the girlfriend is not that big a deal. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but, so, I mean, okay, that's, 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, it was just one of those things that I was like, I was like, I wish I had just a little bit more kind of like info on the scene, but that was, yeah, wait, does just, he have to apply the prosthetic himself? <laughs> That's probably somebody did it. Yeah, bro, they 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 do. They have people that do that to them. But you know, it's all for the art, dude. It's all for the art. That's just an awkward conversation. No, they what probably were like a, they probably were like an <laughs> underwear type thing, dude, and they just put it on top of it. What? Do you understand? Okay, look, FYI, and this I don't know if Eric can tell me this. I don't know how many sex scenes he's been a part of. But <laughs> but a lot of these like sex scenes that you see <laughs> a lot of these sex scenes you see in the movie, they're wearing like 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 nude colored like underwear. Right. Yeah, like like Skinamax kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then they just put like uh, either prosthetic or they fake shit on it and it's just all it is. Now granted there are movies where they actually are fucking there. Like they're fucking like the getaway with Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, like they were literally fucking on screen, but they were married at the time. Yeah. So Alex Proyas, the director, like let them fuck on screen. Hmm. That's so also an interesting story. We'll come back to that one. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's that's part of it. But, but I mean, there it was... are scenes where you know all, all that Wahlberg's character is this ninja boy who's super cut and beefy, and you get to <laughs> that, see his he's his so skinny then, all dude. the way and down. He's so skinny then, dude. Back then, like he was so skinny because yep. he was off that Calvin Klein shit, dude. That's his Calvin Klein body, man. So he looks good now. He's beefy. Wow, yeah, he's he's yoked now. Derek, Derek, he looks what great. Say, what are you saying, Derek? I'm I'm confident enough in my sexuality to compliment a man. No, he's he's good looking dude now, but he's got he's fucking big now. Like he's like well, he you want another one? Harry Cruz, <laughs> Zach Efron, they're all fucking gorgeous. Dude, whatever happened to Zach Efron's face? No, I'm kidding. I know what happened. I read about it. So, anyways, I don't even know what you're talking about. Does I have no happen? idea what you're talking about either. 
<laughs> so I'm, I'm really trying to fuck up Eric right now. That's more than anything else. <laughs> oh, God. Right, so anyway. All right. So one of the scenes that I want to talk about is that beginning scene at the Hot Tracks Club. I'm going to lie. My favorite character in this whole movie is Maurice. Like Luis Guzman <laughs> is my dog. He is my dog. I love Luis Guzman. Like I love him in everything he does, especially in this one, because he's so out there and so boisterous that I just I love him in everything he does. Because it's, I mean, he's he doesn't really act. He just does himself every fucking movie, which is great. When you said Maurice, I thought you were talking about the waiter that was uh, Rico Bueno. No. Um, He's credited as Hot Tracks Waiter. Chi-Chi, where's that going? Where's that going? And I wrote down like Chi-Chi is like every waiter's name in Miami. Oh, yeah, Chi-Chi, mega. Like, you know, it's just like, like, that's like if you're like Hispanic of like Puerto Rican or like Cuban descent, like Chi-Chi is like a word, a, a name. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, one of Michelle's, like, great uncles, his name is Chi-Chi. Theo Chi-Chi. That's his name. That's his name, bro. It's just, it's one of those things that happens. But anyways, but like, like Maurice. You just like watching Maurice's character. Oh my God, he's so funny. Like, room, I love bodies. him, like, owning the room. Like, he's like, where's that going? Table four? No, no, it's going to table five. Take it. To-. Like, somebody ordered oysters, and he literally took the oysters away from them and sent them to Burt Reynolds' table. He's- like, he just, like, fuck it. He's begging going to be there. a part. He's begging to be a part of his. Oh films yeah, every I time. Love every that. He walks up, every... the, like he walks up to the pretty girl, and he's like, "We're gonna take a picture. We're gonna take a photo later. You just wait." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm gonna warm you up to this idea that I'm gonna take a picture so I can God, take it home. With what was mine. what was the guy who was the host of Family Feud? What was his name? Way back when. And he was like also on Running Man. Oh my God. And he kissed every single guest. Yeah, I forget her name. I forget that's, her name. I know who you're talking about. That's who, that's who he remembered. Becky! Oh, Beck! And he's like kissed her and he kissed everyone else. He kissed, kissed Amber the on the lips. I'm like, bro. Hepatitis, bro. He's Pat Sajak or something? What are you talking about? No, it's not Pat Sajak. I forgot <laughs> his name, dude. I'll let you know. Once I know his name, I'm like, I'm going to tell you. But, but he was like, every single time that he did. He like was like, oh my god, it was fucking amazing. It was so good. Richard Dawson. Richard oh, Dawson. Gosh. Richard <laughs> Dawson. He's oh hundred man. Anyways, um, so no, but it was it was it was so good. I was like, every single time he showed up, he was always talking to Amber, and he's like, listen, because I want to show something to my brothers, because I'm a Latin lover. <laughs> like he's like, I want to show something to send back to my family to say it's me. I made it. And Amber goes like, so you want me to talk to Jack? Jack? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Talk like, to what Jack. am I talking for? Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. And the only scene he gets is like in the fucking Brock Masters movie, he gets his ass beat. And that's it. Yeah. As a bartender. Yeah. You know? But, oh my uh, God, dude. There was... I Bro. think you got to talk about too, uh, Reed Rothschild. Uh, John oh, C. Riley. John C. Riley. Oh, like, dude. how funny... Was he's he? great. And the chemistry between him and Mark Wahlberg is actually magical. He's such a hype man for Mark. I know. Like he was so suffering great. through those recording sequences. Mm. Mm. But he thought it was good. He believed he in it. He thought he it was, was like, good. He was wrong. 
Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. They both were wrong. Dude, they were so bad. They were like so, they're so interested. Like, like the, the minute like that scene, the, okay, so let's go. We're going to jump around like we always do, everybody. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, it's over 20 fucking years old. So you need to watch it. It's 25. It's almost 30 fucking years old. God, it's almost 30 fucking years old. I've almost been out of high school for 30 years. Shit. Anyways, um, watch the movie. But there's the scene when they first meet. And he's like talking to him, and I'm like, God, John C. Riley looks so young there. <laughs> like he's so skinny, he's so young looking, dude. And and I'm like, and they're talking to each same other, haircut. and he's like, the same haircut hasn't changed, bro. <laughs> it hasn't changed in 30 years. Yep. So the the uh they're they're talking, and he's like, You want a margarita? And he he's like, two, four, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like He's like, whatever. And they make it. And he's like, how much can you squat? And he's like, uh, 200. Cool. Cool. He's like, how much do you? 250. And like, everything's a one up with him. Everything yeah. was trying to one up in the conversation. Actually, the, the initial thing he says, which is hilarious, is <laughs> he's like, hey, do you ever work out at gyms or whatever? And he goes, oh, wait, no, you don't. I, I no, you don't. No, no, no. I would have seen you, bro. I'm there yeah. every day. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, he told him he lives in Torrance and he's like, yeah. he's like, oh, no, I would have seen you. I work. I'm there every day. I would have yeah. seen, <laughs> seen you, bro. Like, it was just, it was like everything was like a, a one he's up so with the conversation. Funny, yeah. He's great. And then, like, and when he's in the when he brings Thomas Jane's character in, he's like, "Oh man, what's going on? Are you still working on the weekend? No, 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 you're not dancing there. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right." <laughs> like, he's still doing it with him, yep. and it was just so funny. Like they were so like near the end of the movie, like you could tell like, they were desperate so... for everyone to love him. Yes, yeah. I mean not as bad as Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, but bro, bro, that character, like, like he tore my heartstrings. Like the like, oh, it's tough. He's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. It was tough watching that scene, those scenes with him, because he – God, we're jumping around so much. So the scene that got me, like, I was like I, – I couldn't stop looking at Philip Seymour Hoffman. I couldn't watch the scene the second time around. he's I crying in the background, dude. Yes! It when hurts. Arguing, when they're arguing him and Jack. And he's so good. At, no, Philip Seymour Hoffman is such a fucking good actor. God, he was he so was, good. Guys, we I was just about to say, like, yeah, I was just to say, like, do you realize how magical Scotty was? Like, how <sighs> impressive of a such role. Such a minor role, and it yeah. is so well he's done. So, yeah. He does so well in it. And, yeah. oh and I also God. would like to point out that Paul Thomas Anderson got that kind of performance as a child. Mm-hmm. A, this guy was a little boy. Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson was a young lad. I'm saying this yes, is his he, second Oh yes, film. he was. He was. He, he was. He got these performances. And this as was a like kid. Hoffman's what, like second, third movie or something like that. Like he oh, was. I, he wasn't... I think he might have done more. He was thirty. He was thirty. So, thirty or so. Yeah. Who? Paul Thomas Anderson or no? No, Philip Seymour no. Hoffman. Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about. And Paul Thomas Anderson directed these people to get these performances. He was even younger, I think. So mm. I think he, he was, was 25. Was yeah, he was 25. 25 years old. Crazy man. How old was well yeah, no, Fuzzy uh Hoff was only Hoffman was only uh he was only three years older, so he yeah. was twenty set twenty eight. Twenty seven, twenty-eight years old, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. only twenty-eight, dude, when he when, when he did that movie, dude. Yeah, this movie's I mean, phenomenal. Yeah, it was it was it was really, really good. I mean, it was oh shit. We've been doing movies. I didn't realize he was doing movies for a long time, dude. Fuck. We've been doing movies a while. His first thing, Philip Seymour Hoffman's first thing was uh, he was a character on Law and Order. Wow. Ooh. How am I not surprised? 
Oh, that's right. He was in Sin of a Woman. I forgot he was in Sin of a Woman. Oh my God, he was in My Boyfriend's Back. Holy shit, I saw that movie. Fuck me. I'm just, I'm going through his, his catalog. I'm like, My Boyfriend's Back. You remember, uh, did you ever watch like the eighties or something? No, that came out in nineteen ninety one. I oh, think. Oh, okay. So yeah, basically eighties. He was in ninety three. Ninety three. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. Was, oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe it. He was I, in I, that. Jeez. Okay. Jesus Christ. Anyways, but the but, dead yeah, no, boyfriend like, comes back as yes. like a zombie. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Oh my god! I can't believe I watched <laughs> that movie. Oh god. Anyways, but yeah, no, like. It, I, I couldn't keep my eyes off of Hoff whenever he was on screen, dude. Especially in that scene when he was art when when Jack and and uh, and um, and Dirk were arguing, dude. Because he was like so horrified, like as if he would never see him again, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and did we ever see him again, Scotty, in the movie after that? Uh, I think in the final sequence, he was like, yeah, wasn't he the around the somewhere? Yeah, like I don't remember. Final. I don't. I gotta look. I gotta. I don't think I ever saw I him again. Before, I think we would have like, needed a reason for him not to be there. Yeah, I don't think we had one at that point. Yeah, I, I don't know because it was. You know, I always thought there was. I remember, and and then when I saw it, I was you know because I kind of appreciate. I'm not saying this was a bad move on PTA's part, but I appreciate that he didn't bring. Um. I don't. I don't. I'm not trying to be an asshole about this, but in the motion picture, I, I appreciate he didn't bring like AIDS into the equation because these people were already fucked up as it is. Mm. And I don't think he needed to add. He really didn't need that added the pain. Complexity. You know what I mean? Like the drugs already added to how fucked up these people were in this in this situation, and how like they really and how what how stigmatized they were for their livelihood. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Well, I also don't think AIDS was around by the time the film ended because we were into the what maybe mid '80s when it's in the film but ended. Eight, eight, AIDS has been around since the early '80s. They I know, but know it wasn't it was. like a real thing, like a real scary thing until the late '80s, early '90s. It became a like a almost a pandemic. I guess. I guess. Well, it was no. a pandemic at that point. Yeah. I mean, the AIDS epidemic. So, yeah. I guess you're saying. I guess. I guess. For it before then, uh, they just didn't know what it was. Yeah. They just didn't know what it was, but no, but I, I guess so. But I mean, I, didn't, I, I think that also, yeah, that I, I didn't that could, they could have done, they, they, they could have been like the whole, yeah. they could have gone the whole Forrest Gump thing and said, oh, they don't know what it is. I'm yeah. just sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way she died. Like yeah, they could have just done an, that. There's enough drama in this film. to not. <laughs> yeah, anyway, dude. So, yeah. yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Hmm. So, um, let me think of another scene. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that New Year's scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. Mm. All right, so we're gonna talk mom, about mom got caught again. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about okay. So I'll, let's talk about just uh, everything that's happening in the scene, and then we'll talk at the end about Little Bill. I loved the aspect. Well, hold on. Going back to the party, the pool scene, because we gotta talk about this. There's a character that they showed in the pool scene called the Colonel. Colonel mm-hmm. James or whatever yeah, it was. God, yeah. Okay. Colonel James yeah. shows up with a girl to the party. And uh and when he shows up, the, the, they call him and he's credited as the Colonel James, played by a guy named Rod Robert Ridgely, who was a very good friend, by the way. I read in IMDB, very good friend of PTA's dad. Yeah. Yeah. And Robert Ridgely showed up in a lot of like Mel Brooks movies. So he was he's one of those like Mel Brooks character actors that he always brought him into his movies. 
<laughs> so hold on a second. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. I may have to switch headphones, but either way. So uh Robert so the Colonel James the Colonel James um Womp womp womp. There you go. Look at that, Eric. Okay, so I had to pause there the recording guys for a minute because we uh I had some technical difficulties, but I'll try and see if I can fix it back on post. In post, I'll fix it in post. Anyways, um anyways, as I was saying with the colonel, um he shows up to the pool party with a girl in tow who is clearly, clearly underage. She's clearly not 18, even though I know the actress is probably 18, well over 18 years old. Well, but they're trying to paint the picture that she's yeah, not. Yeah, she's not, exactly. And he is, you know, he's all about it. And she's like, do you guys got any Coke? That was her first thing she asked, like, when she got out of the car. And he's like, I think we got something around here. And she's like, oh, cool. And like, that was it. And, and you know, and the colonel is around and Jack introduces Dirk, Eddie, a.k.a. Dirk, yeah. to yeah. the colonel because they haven't figured out Dirk, Dirk and Eddie's Dickler. name yet. Uh, so he's introducing him to the colonel and the colonel's like, well, I hear you got a big cock. Like, it's just like right off the bat. I'd just, like to see it. <laughs> I'd like to see it. You know, just like because he's and the he, money and guy. He shows it to him. And, and he shows, he it, shows to him. it to him, yeah, which I'm like, I'm like, guess it's that kind of party, bro. All right, there we go. And he shows it to him, and he's like, and and I laughed so hard thank at the you, guy's. Eddie. He's like, his face is like, well, thank you, Eddie. And it's just like, it's like, he oh was my bamboozled. God. He was yes. bamboozled. Yeah, dude. And it wasn't the first time. Like they like fast forward to when they're filming the movie. If you look at Kurt, who's the, the 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 cameraman, who we've also seen him in other movies, we and you know I've mentioned also in the past that that actor is actually a experienced and very well regarded was a very because he's unfortunately passed away was a very well regarded like magician and sleight of hand specialist like he is he is like one of the was was one of the top magicians sleight of hand magicians in the world as well as an accomplished character actor. So he, so he, uh, he, when they're filming the scene with Amber waves and he pulls out his dig in front of Amber waves in the movie, he like the, the, the guy next to him is like not smoking a cigarette. He's just chilling. And Kurt kind of like, like stops and looks out from behind the camera. Like, <laughs> like, like, is that like legit? Like, kind of like they're both like in awe. And in the next scene that you see the guy next to Kurt, he's smoking a cigarette at that point. Like he's like, he's like full on, like, wow, this is amazing to watch. Yeah, like, they're setting right. they're setting the narrative that this man has a very large He's a chair. he's a John Holmes motherfucker, as they said back in fucking one of Quentin Tarantino movies. Uh but yeah, like it was uh it was just funny because like you hit the curly, he's like, Well, well, thank you, Eddie. <laughs> and he just had this face of just like utter dumbfoundedness. Yeah. And then, uh, and then fast forward to the New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve party. The Colonel's there, of course. Oh no! Wait, but before we leave the pool party, the girl that shows up with the Colonel literally ODs. And when she ODs, the guy she's ODing with is like, "Oh fuck! Like, oh my god! Why does this always happen to me?" They're like, "We well, should probably not buy the same shit that you've been buying." That's first off. And then like the colonel's like, just get her out of here. 
just take her wherever she needs to go. Drop her off at the hospital. Like as if it happens all the time. Yeah. Like this is like, like, so business like, oh, like business as usual. I'll take this girl who's ODing. She's absolutely having a seizure and let's fucking take her to a hospital. And just drop her off and see what happens. You know, it is what it is. Just another Saturday, guys. Yeah, it's just another party at Jack's house. And so, like, when we go to the the New Year's Eve party, the colonel's there again, and this other guy shows up, uh, Floyd Gondoli, who's played by, God, what's the name of the actor? Um, God, what's his name? Uh, Philip Baker Hall, who was another one of those PTA kind of character guys. He showed up in a few, he was in Heart 8, his first movie. You know? And he was in Magnolia. as well. yeah, he was in Magnolia as well. He played a great act, great character in Magnolia. He played the dad who was like a famous guy. And he just passed away this past June. I mean, uh, for the bigger hall. And so he um he 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 was there and played a guy that went to Jack and told Jack that the future of porn is videotape. Yeah. And Jack didn't want to hear it. Rather than because, studio film. Rather than studio than, than actual film, per se, because film costs money. But VTA is just like, you just fucking run it, and then you just cut it afterwards and see what happens afterwards. But, but you know, Jack didn't want to hear it because Jack's all about film and the actual, like, process, and he's trying to make actual movies, not just not just porn. You know, he's trying to be an auteur. Rather than people, just his whole sequence when he says, I want people to you know, finish coming and then stay and see the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Which is not where porn is at. Even though porn's had its moments, they've had their movies like Behind the Green Door and Deep Throat. And even in like in the in the in the 2010s, they had a movie called Pirates, which had some box office success in the sense of, you know, more than you would expect. But it's still porn. I mean, it's they have porn versions of the movie, and they have R-rated versions of the movie that came out too. But, but like, I mean, it's still porn, and so he wasn't thinking at that point. I mean, eventually we saw he went videotape because it's just where the industry went, and he was gonna and 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 you could make a ton of movies. And Jack Horner to me represents a guy who I remember back in the day. He was a famous like producer in the porn side called the. It was called the Big Bad Wolf. That's what his name, Big Bad Wolf Productions. It was Jack Wolf. That was his name, and he he had all those. He had a lot of porn flicks in the eighties and nineties that got like got like pretty big. But it was just he was just that's who that guy. I think that's who Jack Horner was based on. That's who Burt Reynolds' character was based on because he was like the mm. seminal like porn producer of the eighties and nineties. Mm. Um, so. Don't ask me how I know that. So, um, <laughs> so the so, but his, but you can see that like he was not liking it because that's where it was going. But I think in his mind, once that guy Floyd told him what was happening, I think Jack had already seen the writings on the wall that something was changing in the industry because you could tell that he was just like, well, and that character started to embrace other advances in technology as well. You know he realize that with videotape you can you know get in different angles you can film in different locations and suddenly a camera is not quite as bulky as it once was and that spurs the whole car sequence with roller girl right yeah exactly because you could just have a camcorder with you like those old school camcorders and boom you're done dude you could have a a movie you know what i mean like just 
It was just, it was yeah, there. Eric, what are you talking about? You don't need a budget. You just need a video camera. You got a smartphone <laughs> in your pocket, bud. Go make a movie. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly. So, which, you know, some directors have done, like Steven Soderbergh. He had a whole movie that he did with an iPhone, you know? So, did yeah, you know just, just to preface this, whenever you, you know, see those phone launches and they're like, we did this with an iPhone. Well, this, this, he, he didn't do a phone look launch. At, look into the, uh, look into the realities behind he, he, that. He didn't do a phone <laughs> launch. He actually did a movie with the girl who was from The Crown, and the whole movie was filmed with an iPhone. Yeah, and they, they use a bunch of fancy equipment with the iPhone to true. Make, it, make it fantastic. <laughs> like like and boom mics that's, and shit like that. That is true. acceptable for a movie, but yeah. not whenever you paint it as though the phone could do this in your pocket, <laughs> too. <laughs> well, they never said that for the movie. They just did. No, they no. That, that director <laughs> filming in that way is totally fine by me. <laughs> it's the commercials that paint it very differently. I know, like that. Like the, like, I know I know what you mean. Like the kids running around with the fucking iPhones making movies and shit. <laughs> Yeah, and it looks like cinematic as shit. And no, fucking and no one's iPhone is actually. Forget Lawrence that. of Arabia. Yeah. I've got the new iPhone. I'm the new. I'm fuck. Call me fucking John Ford, motherfuckers. Here comes the searchers. Anyways, yeah. um, but but, <laughs> but anyways, but yeah. Terrible. So like, but like he has this conversation in the movie, and you can tell he's like when he gets up and leaves the conversation, he's like, I'm not gonna deal with this now. But you you could tell that he was like, this is probably what's gonna happen, and he left. Then after that conversation happens, we see uh Lil Bill, <laughs> which Lil Bill previously in the movie, Lil Bill comes home, finds his wife, and uh, William H Macy is a fucking national treasure. I ain't gonna lie, but every scene that he shows up, except for that one last scene, but every time he sees his wife, he's like. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like it happens like, twice before this final twice scene. Twice before, like one that, in his apartment. That William where... H Macy, whose his character's name is Little Bill, is at a public function, and yes. his wife is having sex with someone at this public function. And, and fifty and pe- people are watching. People are watching. The first <laughs> yes. time we see him, he just comes home from a long day of work. Yeah, he goes into his bedroom, and his wife is having sex with a man. And he tells her he 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 reacts and she doesn't care. <laughs> she, she doesn't, she Come on, big stud. <laughs> Keep going, him, big stud. Him, he tells her to sleep on the couch and he yeah. goes and does that. Yes. But so, it's just great because he walks he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And just like, like, what the fuck does it look like they're doing, dude? They're fucking in your bed. He he <laughs> finds his wife in the middle of that parking lot banging some dude with like 30 guys standing around in a circle watching her. Yeah. And he starts having that conversation with the cameraman. And then he's basically like finally gets out of it like my mother my wife's being fucked over here. I don't want to talk Actually, about the cameras. Is, my wife currently has an asthma cock right now. <laughs> yeah. I read that I was like when I saw that I had to be worried. I was like, wait, did he just say my yeah, wife's got an ass in her cock? I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the camera guy's like, all right, we want to talk about it. I'm gonna go watch. And then he's like, he's like, he's like, all right, well, I, I understand. I'm okay. All right, you're fine. Go, go. And then he stops and he like looks over and he just looks back at little Bill. And then he walks over towards to watch. <laughs> to go watch. But then the next scene in the New Year in the in the New Year's Eve scene, he catches her. And I guess that was just one too many times, dude, because then he walks over to his car. And we never get to see it that time. We see her getting rammed both the first two times. Yeah, but we don't. But that get third to see one, we don't get to see what's going on. Who's no, in no, there? No. Why it's happening? No, Any, yeah, no details. Dude. And it was it was crazy. And and like he goes in, gets a gun from the car, 
and this is where this is where the movie kind of changes. Like that was the scene in the motion picture where like all of a sudden shit went downhill. Like that's that was a turning point. This is also that, the same sequence that Scotty tries to kiss Dirk. Yes, yes, because uh, at the same party, Scotty tries to kiss Dirk. There's a lot of things happening at this party. Like John Cheadle's character loses his style. Yeah, All yeah, that, he's that happens here. <laughs> that was the funniest part for me. Is so like what did he get have... into? He came out of the cowboy outfit and he came out looking like an alien. Was that what no, he was? An no, alien? that's not, that's a uh, what's his name? Um, it's God, like, who's like Super Rick Freak. James? Rick James, James. Super Freak. He yeah. Yeah. Rick James. That's what I was like. I was like, trying to remember, like, who the fuck does he look like? He looks like Super Rick Freak. James. Yep. It's Rick James. Rick James. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> anyway, so so like so you have all these things happening in this in this scene. You have uh you have uh, actually the guy rick james is like finding love too while this other shit's happening yes so if you think about it rick it's a there's a there's a weird swapping of what feels like a swap of transition of of storyline so you're right there's like a weird shift so you're seeing dirk on the rise i'm talking too much you guys need to talk more i'm like well, that's what I mean. I'm trying to, but you just cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to shut the fuck up the yeah, ones yeah. so we can talk. So, Sorry. Yeah, so there is this transition at that point where Dirk goes from having this rise to, like, in the adult theme world, you know, the adult uh, porn world, and um, then Scotty tries to kiss him, and Scotty's completely destroyed by that and beating himself up in the car. Little Bill kills himself. Well, first he kills his wife and her lover, whoever he's, she's having sex with. Poor guy, because killed... it's probably just a one night he ever done her. Exactly. <laughs> oh. I know exactly. <laughs> so... And then he kills himself. Uh, and and there's and then there's uh there's what's his name? What is Don Cheadle's character's name? I Buck forgot. Swope. Buck. And then there's Buck, Buck who's. Since the beginning of the movie, has had nothing but bad luck. Can't can't seem to catch a style. Can't seem to catch a um, a job that'll work for him because he's an ex porn star. But he hangs out with these people because these are his people. He can't you know he can't find love. And then at this party, he finds himself love like a legit love in Melora Walters, who was also in Magnolia, who is great in Magnolia. She was uh, the daughter, wasn't she? Yep, she's the daughter of Jimmy Gator. That's where yeah. I recognized her from. Yep, I yep, was yep. like, fuck yeah, dude. Yep. So it, it, it's interesting to just look at that cross, that paths across. It's like Buck's on his way up, Dirk's on his way down. But Buck's like a very like sub-sub character, so it's not even yeah. the, the main thing. But everything else is going downhill for everyone else. Uh, and then Buck's coming up, which is weird. I just realized that now. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I think it's... Uh, I think it was a little abrupt the pivot that we had from Dirk's success to Dirk's failure just through the 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 vessel that was that interview. What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, Dirk's on the high and rise and he's, you know, Mr. Popular and all these things are happening and it's it's looking really good for him. He's successful, he's spending money, he's buying all these drugs, he's got all these fancy objects in his home. And then we get the interview scene where he's being Interviewed by Sandy, I think is her name. Is that right? Who am I thinking about? By Amber. By Amber. 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 Yeah. Amber. Amber is her, her documentary. Yeah. Oh, the documentary. So okay. She makes her documentary about him. And immediately afterwards, we start seeing his spiral and his being replaced and, you know, a new new kid on the block and not as desirable and thinks that he's hot shit, but he, apparently he's not anymore. 
Like it seemed a little abrupt. I didn't see enough of a turnaround. I mean, I mean, that's probably where, where, where they were moving with the motion picture, where it's like he was, you know, because in that New Year's Eve scene, you had hit like Amber, like introduce him to cocaine. That's where that's what oh, we're talking yeah. about. That New Year's Eve scene was so that's when the downfall started. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and I think that there was a. There's you're, there's a passage of time between there that you don't have to necessarily see, but no, when yeah. you start using cocaine, you know that shit shit's starting to go downhill because <laughs> cocaine real, never it, seems it, to be good for uh, an there, addict. Everything <laughs> that bad happens in that movie like starts in that one scene. Like it's like first off, you have him doing coke. You have Lil Bill killing himself and his wife and poor guy, the one night stand who was just there as a dick for his wife, basically like her human version of a dildo, essentially. And then, uh, then you also had, uh, essentially the, the downfall of artistic porn, I guess you could say in that sense, when you're talking about with Jack Horner, him having to transition to videotape, you also had the Colonel, which was not too far removed from in a few years. We're going to talk about that a little bit later from what happens to him. Then you also have Buck's transition to his thing, which was just him just trying to get out from behind what he was doing beforehand. And like you said, he found love at the party. So his was more of a positive kind of situation, yeah. but it was just a harder road. It was a hard road for him. Yeah. But it wasn't as hard as the other people, but it was still tough for him. Yeah. Uh, then you also had Amber's situation where she's a cokehead. And she's got this kid that she doesn't see because of her job, because of what she does. She doesn't have custody. So there's like there's that situation. And then of course you bring in Thomas Jane's character into the mix. <laughs> hilarious. Who is amazing because he's talking about fucking the car that the that 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 Mark Wahlberg's character has. He's like, fuck yeah, bro. I love that fucking shit. And then Reed's like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, he has no idea what he's talking about, <laughs> but he's just bringing him into the conversation because he wants he's to hype man. him. He's yeah, because he's a hype time. man the whole time. And so, like, Thomas Shane's character from then on is, like, trying to get with, uh, what's his name? Mark Wahlberg's character. And he's just bringing him more coke and getting him into the whole li- lifestyle. And it's just, it's just, that He's sequence just, when he comes through the door like five times back to back with more yeah, coke, the bag of coke. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> back. Like, man, what's been so long? He's like, what the fuck have yeah, you been? Where, like, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, it's like, oh my god, like it's just, it's just that that one scene in New Year's Eve just like totally like fucking changed the whole dynamic of the motion picture, yeah. which was great because it was a it was a great way just kind of have like well one scene then then all the quick cuts kind of just kind of move the story along, which was good. You know what I feel so, like uh, Paul Thomas Anderson does really well. He did it. This is the probably the first movie that he did it in, but he does a really good, and he does this a lot in Magnolia, a, a really good job of the. Um, uh, of a dialogue-filled um, uh, montage. He does, like, a montage, but it's with dialogue. Oh, he does do one. He does it's one like, a lot. It's like the, he's moving the story quickly, but there's actual the moments of, of, like, dialogue, and it's yes. perfectly telling what's happening just with these short little snippets of all these people's lives in the passage of time. You know who else does that good? Who? Scorsese. <laughs> Boom! So what movie? What movie does he do that in? 
He does it in Goodfellas. He does it in Casino. In what, can you tell me what sequence he does that in Goodfellas? <laughs> uh, yeah, he does it in Casino in the one scene where I they're talking Goodfellas. about. I said Goodfellas. Oh, in Goodfellas? <laughs> uh, in the scene where he's talking about. like. Out. Okay, so. No, he doesn't in... do it in either one of those movies. He does do it. He <laughs> no, does, he does do it. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. In his story so, when he's talking about. Do you okay, see stop. A... Will you let me talk? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, so it's it happens in the the scene where he's talking about um you know the 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 post office guy. He's talking about what his are you talking about? <laughs> he does he does do it in those scenes, not to the extent, but he does do it in those scenes. Uh, he has a bit of a montages in those movies, not like no, he, like, there's no dialogue written <sighs> montages. No, there's not. Yes, no, there is. To, okay, you're gonna have to find the clips. I will find the clips. I will find the clips and send it to you. Because I and don't know. Wrong, wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Bowl, they're gonna we're gonna post it on Twitter. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm gonna find him, and I'm gonna fucking say you're <laughs> so wrong. Okay. And I'm gonna be Good like, luck. and I'm gonna say you're wrong, and I love you, Eric. And I'm gonna say you're wrong. I appreciate that. <laughs> but. Uh, so- He's got like, a compliment. No, no, no. They they are really good montages. I do like those montages. They are really good. I know. Yeah, lie. and he does it like just again masterfully, and you understand exactly what happened in that passage of time. He he does it a lot though in this movie, though. Do you think it's he does do, it okay, a few so, times? Yeah. So let me ask you a question on that. Uh-huh. Cause I don't think he did it. He didn't do it in Magnolia. No, he did it. He did it a couple times in Magnolia too, but it wasn't a passage of like a lot of time it was like this is what's happening in these moments at all these stories at one time in a very yes like, short span but it was these montages are actually but those were more exposition that yeah. was more exposition for like you give you an idea of what's happening in the beginning of the movie but i'm like like he did do because like you said because of the passage of time he did a lot more in this these, yeah this actually was passing in years at a time when he was doing it yeah i don't know but I think it was. I think they're great. And then when I was watching, I'm like, man, like I never really put that together or realized that this happened. Hence, why I know that Martin Scorsese doesn't have those in his movies. I would remember. <laughs> well, so, let's go, let's no. go ahead and agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's agree to disagree. So, uh, but um, but yeah, no, no. I mean, it was it. They, they were. I, I ain't gonna lie. They, they were good. I'm, I like I said I'm I don't think this is a bad movie I like this is a very good movie I just it was just one of those things where I just got that vibe and I think it was mostly because of the time period and shit like that so but um but anyways the uh the other thing that I want let's you know what I want let's talk about Buck Swope's character great character mm. like let's Don Cheadle did a great job with this character cuz it yeah. was you don't see you I mean, you see him. You know what's funny? Well, you get he, a thought out. Sorry, <laughs> I, I know, just, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I don't know. I felt like Buck was like second or third possible main character in this whole motion picture. Like more so than like Amber Waves because you saw more of him than like Amber. You saw. I felt like you saw more of him than like or more of his. But Amber like, was a more important character. I get it. But he was more it involved just, in everybody else's story. Well, that's because she was she. They, they they had the whole like mother aspect of her. Like she just wanted to be a mother, so they had to play that up. But as far as the character itself and more character development, like she was already developed as a character. I think since the jump from the jump. But you saw Buck develop more as a character throughout the motion picture than you saw Amber. Amber kind of stayed the same. She didn't really change much. 
her story was basically the same the whole way through. Yeah, just because her character mother doesn't hen. change. No, just because her character doesn't change doesn't mean she's not being developed though. Like so, nah, but I don't you think got, she developed you got that much. Every bit of information that you need to know about her. She was in a relationship. She has a kid. She's not allowed to. Yeah, see but there her wasn't any journey. Is the point? Yeah, there wasn't a journey. Yeah. Was the problem? Yeah, because the journey like, wasn't I... the her journey in this story. It wasn't. Well, you got to think about it this way too. The, the Boogie Nights is the, the you can really only have one journey, and it's Dirk Diggler's journey. Okay, so we're watching that. I don't know. But we even, got Don Cheadle's journey. You yeah, did, yeah, but he's a subplot. He's not the main character. So that what Tomas is saying, he's like the second or third ca- uh, main character. No, he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's probably not the correct. Main yeah, he's probably correct. Yeah. you know, um, but. Amber, I do think you are getting a trajectory of of her. I think you're seeing her go, and it's an emotional roller coaster. You're watching her go up and down, up and down, up and down. So, is her character more important than Don Cheadle's? Probably not, because I think that all the sub characters are like equal on equal playing field. Because yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I we mean, don't I, get a lot of development around the Roller Girl, other than I'm going to get my no, DVD. I mean, I think I thought we got more out of her as far as like her character growing. Oh yeah. Than we did Amber. You know what I mean? Like Amber, there was I guess okay, maybe I'm losing yeah, the wrong terminology. We get, we get to see Amber go to court when she's clean and all that stuff. But even still, Amber didn't get the kid back because of you know it was just there. She I mean, does she was, porn. You, and she's she on drugs. Never, you, she you knew she was never going to get the kid back. You know, you knew she was never going to get the kid. Yeah, like, and I knew. I knew she was never going to get the kid. I didn't have to see it happen. I knew that kid was never going to. She's never going to get custody. Yeah, because it's the eighties and it's porn. She's in porn and she's a drug addict. Mm. Yeah, it, it, that was never going to happen. As far as Buck's character, if you wanted to be like, he, he didn't even have to really be in porn, and you knew that it was going to be tough for him to get a loan because he's African-American. It yeah, didn't yeah. even have to be porn. But I think it's it because was, it was, uh, he, I mean, he was black, but I think also the porn was the main thing. That was the, the, the porn problem. was the main thing. Yeah. Of course, that was the main they thing. They definitely but played was, it up as though that was the only factor. But yeah. that's what the bank was going to hang their hat on because yeah. they weren't going to say he's African-American. It's going to say because, oh, you're in porn. Yeah. That was like they're out. They're easy out because they wouldn't have been able to figure out anything else. Yeah, but wasn't you know I mean? porn kind of treated similarly to how like legal marijuana is now? Like no, they can't dude. use they can't use the bank systems because they can't be FDIC insured. No, and all that kind of stuff. they can't that, use. No, no. Back then, bro, in the eighties, bro, porn was looked at as like something seedy disgusting like like you're basically next you're like just that's what maybe, i mean maybe that's above what I mean. prostitutes that's no, what it is bro that's what i mean like today you know legal marijuana is generally speaking uh, a new concept right a legal business in some places and those businesses can't use federal systems because weed was federally illegal they can't use banks well so they can't deposit money they can't take payments they can't do all these different things with the money that they came because it's a business. Not and I really. imagine that porn would have been facing the same problems back in the day because banks didn't do what do business with porn people. And so they probably wouldn't let them have accounts, wouldn't let them, you know, transact, you know, paychecks and all that kind of stuff. I don't think so because porn wasn't illegal. Porn was legal. Porn's always been legal. Yeah. Porn, porn has always been legal. Yep. It's mm. just, it's the perception. That's all it was because everything having to do with loans back then 
the banks was, was all about know. perception. It was yeah. about who you knew. That's why you Colonel James was the money guy because Jack knew he couldn't get money from the bank. Like no bank would back a movie. Right. I mean, he wasn't going to be able to get like he wasn't able to he wouldn't be able to do his movies through the regular chains, regular channels that you would to make a movie, production companies, things of that nature. He wouldn't do he had to find a money guy who would get him the movies and he'd be able to pay enough to get distribution and sell enough tickets to make that money back. Right. Right. Because back then, I mean, correct me wrong, Eric. We're gonna go. This is gonna be the high school history lesson of motion pictures for you. Oh God. So movies back in the day, they weren't I'll like widely released. <laughs> they weren't widely released as they are now. You had certain movies show up. They would they would be releasing either L.A. or New York, and then they would move across the country, and it could take months for them to go across the country. That's so why you have the grindhouse pictures that look shitty because they use the same fucking roll of film and they would fuck up halfway through. You know, that's just how the things work because it was just used all the time. So so you had these movies that like these porn flicks specifically, they could only make a certain number of copies uh-huh. and then they would release them and they just show them. And they would just run them through. And then if they could buy more copies, they could make more copies and release them in more theaters. That's what they would do. That's how they made money. I mean, am I wrong, Eric? I don't know the history of anything you just said. So <laughs> I can't, I can't confirm it. that. Yeah. You're, aren't you a fucking. Oh my God. I didn't. So I didn't. I didn't. I don't know everything is about. I don't know everything there is about everything in film. Who do you think I am? Oh my God. <laughs> you don't know you the combustible temperature of nitrate film? Yeah, certainly. For real, man. I don't know anything. Do you know about. that? Yeah, of course. I don't know about all the elements. Well, anyways, in any case, that's how they would do things. That's how you had some movies like would do well. Like you had movies like, oh, I'm going to go way back. Like you had movies like uh, fucking um, Miracle on 34th Street that like lasted for two years in the theaters because it would just roll through the the country. You know what I mean? You had movies like that, like Star Wars lasted almost a year and a half in theaters because it would go throughout the whole country. You know, those kinds of things are what they're they're talking about. And so, like, before videotape, because that's kind of changed things for them, before videotape, you know, you had to have a money guy like Colonel James to be able to do and pay for all that stuff that you needed to do because they wouldn't be able to go to a bank or a production company or a movie, uh, movie studios to get the money they needed fronted to them to be able to make these motion pictures because of the stigma of it being porn being stag movies. So I think that what that actually amounts to though, is like, that just means there's more money to make in modern day. Well, current, whatever this currently was, right. So in the seventies, in, in the seventies, there was more money to be made in the stock market than there was in CD films that, you know, you can only invest so much money into. Well, I mean, there were certain films that kind of transcended, like Behind the Green Door and Deep Throat. But then there was also movies like fucking Urban Cowboy, which had an X rating that became the only Best Picture Oscar winner that had an X rating. But you know that wasn't I mean? porn, though, man. It was. Like I know, I know, but it was it was yeah. an X rating because it had like you know gay sex in it. Kind yeah, of thing. It had that had that had that one scene where he he gave, he gave a guy a blowjob or yeah. something. Okay, like a blowjob. But either way, like you had. 
movies that kind of transcended the, the goal. Whole aspect. Oh my goodness! I know, it's I know. so inappropriate. But that's the whole children. reason for the X rating. You know, apparently Think they, you know, the children. <laughs> if you watch Sweet Sweetback's badass song, I mean, bro, every cowboy got shit on that. But, um, but yeah, it like, doesn't Brokeback Mountain actually exist? <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess it's anyways, quite a few decades anyways, later. Anyways, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is that we're we're getting off topic here. But like, that's the whole point of why buck had issues because the perception was is that he used to be even though he probably hadn't done a movie in years at that point you know he probably hadn't done a movie in years but he still had that background and so once they went through that background check and they found out who he was that was it he was done didn't matter that he had been out of the game for the longest time and that was just something he did in the past for money it was done. He was he couldn't be a he couldn't be a client of theirs because of the perception of porn movies at that point. Yeah, but he also wasn't super good at selling stereos either. So I don't know why he was <laughs> he going was down terrible. that path either. Oh my god. Like when he finally okay, so the scene where he goes to the donut shop in that white suit, which was great, by the way, of PTA putting him in a white suit. That yep. was fantastic. But yeah. I love that he put him in a white suit and him going to that scene and you could you could potentially move that scene from the 80s to like today like it it would still resonate yeah you know because you have some fucking cowboy sitting in there because it's open carry you know (laughs) thinking that he's a fucking badass that he's gonna totally like save the day and everyone gets shot and all that's left is poor buck swope covered in blood in a white about suit. About to be pinned for everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and he just sees a bag of cash and all of a sudden, this he's is flush. This is the uh, 80s where there's not cameras everywhere yet. So, yeah. And, you know, thankfully, you know, he, you, you saw something like, like, oh, he got his due. But the best part about that was his commercial. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's so funny. Where it he goes, so bad. but he said at the end, like, come in us. Like, it was just like, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> he had the hip hop look. And I was just like, oh my God. It's so great. Like, there was, man, I just, I couldn't get through it. I was like, fuck me, dude. But, oh, man. What's another, do you guys want to talk about another seat? Because we're jumping around here a lot. What about, uh, we, didn't, we didn't talk too much about Roller Girl. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Roller Girl, dude. But when, that movie, when this movie came out, Heather Graham was like becoming, she was the it girl, wasn't she? Like she had just come yeah, off of like. She was becoming pretty popular, I think, at that time. Yeah, like she was, in, uh, she was in she um, was uh, in the second part to Austin Powers also around this time. Yep. I mean, she was, she was, she like, she won the best breakthrough artist at the MTV Movie Awards for this movie. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh my god! I like how Eric laughed at that right now. This is it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's an interesting character. I, I, it's it's funny. I think she was like a nice um, juxtaposition to uh, to uh, Amber Waves because you know you're you're, you're seeing Amber Waves want to be the super maternal person, and she the, 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 her life is to be a mom, and she wants to be there for someone she wants to be needed but it seems like she can't get her own shit together because she's 
you know, <laughs> blowing lines of cocaine constantly, you know. <laughs> yes. uh, They're blowing together lines yeah. of cocaine. Like, yes, exactly. You can do what you want to do. And yeah, oh, I just, just do it. Exactly. And you're, Mother-daughter and you're, bonding, right? Yeah, and it's not even just the mother-daughter thing. It's even the mother-son thing with, with, with Dirk, how she wants to be maternal to him. And, and yeah. she's the one teaching him how to use cocaine. And then instantly ha- and then having sex with him after this is weird, incestuously strange, like, vibe Oedipus between thing. them. Yeah, this edifice of vibe between them. Uh, and it's it's weird and awkward and awful. But then you have Roller Girl, who's the exact opposite, who's like, hey, I'm yearning for a parent. She's not looking to be one. She just wants someone to love her and take care of her. Like, yeah. Child, because you could see she obviously was not taken care of properly because she is in a no. dark, dark, strange world. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, for real. You yep. know? Uh, she she must have been like her character probably was like sixteen years old in this movie. She like, seemed they, young, and I don't know how old she was, but she seemed young. If not, if not, like she looked at least the the at the, I guess the very oldest, the legal limit. You know, she looked like she was eighteen at the very yeah. oldest. You know, yeah. so. Uh, interesting character. You don't know where she came from, why she's there. They don't ever explain why she wears roller skates. She was about twenty six when they filmed this movie. I know, but the I meant her character. Oh yeah, like yeah, she's eighteen. Good God, Derek! <laughs> <laughs> Her character, Derek, like... bro, fucking just catch up, bro. Seriously, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, out. no, but no, but <laughs> but I mean, she had already been around this crew for a while, so you wonder like how old she was when she first got into this group. Yeah, like you know, like how and did it's she just get like there, you know, like how did this happen? It's like really interesting. That we don't have that, but it's strange because I don't. It's I, I've never thought about that. Like I don't really care about that stuff, which is weird because usually I do. I'll be like, "Where is she from? What, what what's going on?" Which is odd that I'm not. It's probably because I get. I think they do have such a good job with this, or Paul Thomas Anderson does such a good job with this movie of keeping you focused in the present of mm-hmm. what's happening now with these characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so much going on at all times. Hence, why they have these <laughs> montages that are perfectly done to get all this yeah, information true. out in two and a half hours. Because I think we go through like a decade in two and a half hours. So we do, we do, we do. Hard it starts off in '77 and ends in like '85 yeah. or something like that. It's kind of an unusual sequence when she's in school and she's being harassed about the head job, the the, the blow job. Yeah, very. That was very strange. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I was like. Is that supposed to mean like like they know her that she's knows what she's doing that she's, I like, guess. she's like yeah no, that's she's either important. that or they just know her to be a promiscuous person right yeah um, I don't know dude I don't know or maybe they're just fucking with her I don't know it was it was that was a little bit like unnerving for me I was like was. I was like what is I was like that was the purpose they... you were supposed to feel no, uncomfortable because it was gross no. it was it was grimy well I hated it all right yeah it was grimy <laughs> it was like super grimy yeah. making me feel emotion. And that guy, I know Derek, Derek hates feeling emotional motion pictures. He wants he wants to be Mister Heat Miser. No, Shut he, uh, your face. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, that was the, and and they got the guy who whoever they got to be that dude who says I want I love to suck cock. He kept saying that. Yeah, like I was like, dude, you are the weirdest looking fucking dude. Yeah, very strange scene. looking man, dude. Yeah, he was like, I was like, oh my god, bro, but. I mean, great job, <laughs> but he, uh, he got his, you his felt ass- bad for because she just like left. She well, just like left school. At that yeah, point. and then he got his face kicked in later on. Was it the, the same dude? That's the same guy. Yeah, that, that was he, it the same guy. That was yeah, that it was gonna have sex with Roller Girl, Girl and Lindsay. Oh, I don't that remember. Was the same. I, I, really, I didn't I even didn't, realize that. I didn't even realize that, dude. Character. Yep, same person. Holy shit! 
I did not realize that yep. guy. That's what made it so and he personal. He knew her number, her name, and yep. called her out. That's what made it so personal. You know? Oh, fuck me, man. I did not know that. Yep. Well, the guy oh, deserved to be, to be. Yeah, he's a oh, fucking he asshole, and I want him dead. Yeah, he was a piece of he shit. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> For yeah. real, dude. Although, I was still thinking, I was like, damn, she's got rollerblades on. That shit's gotta hurt. Well, not rollerblades. She had roller skates. Yeah. yeah. Rollerblades <laughs> are worse, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no dude. Yeah. But I did not know that, dude. Wow, that's crazy. Yep, 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 yep. Nice that, touch. That blows my nice mind touch. now, dude. That is a nice, is a nice touch. touch. Good job. Yeah, I know. I was like, fuck me. It's like it's like it's really good writing or something. You know, <laughs> storytelling, mm. crazy. Oh crazy my god! And 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 all at what age, Eric? Twenty-five, man. Oh wow! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Twenty-five. Oh my god! He is god. a small child. I'm doing <laughs> that. What's that? Have uh... you seen him? He looks like a small child now. Oh. Yeah. Just with was gray that, hair. What's yeah. that gif? Is it with Seth Rogen where he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god," he's oh, like waving Jonah his hands around. Jonah Hill, yeah, yeah. Jonah Hill, you're right. Jonah yeah. Hill, yeah, 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 yeah. No, this so. it, this movie, guys. There's 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 a lot of magic in this movie, and I think part of the magic comes from the fact that I I am impressed that Paul Thomas Anderson was so young and to be able to write a story like this that was very complex, also very funny. This is a very funny movie. There's a lot it of was. very funny things that happen in it. And um, <laughs> to do that with the dramatic elements there, too, as, as well, is pretty impressive at the at that young age. When you're shaking your head, uh, like, condescendingly, Dude, the f- what's the, funniest, the fucking problem, bro? The funniest, <laughs> the funniest elements of this movie second, Tomas, are everything what? with Maurice. Maurice is the yeah. funniest element of this movie. What, Derek? <laughs> the problem with this movie is that I saw it after Magnolia. I should have seen this movie first. Oh no! I don't think that's that this. That's the lamest shit I've ever heard, Derek. That's <laughs> the problem with this movie is like you taste near perfection, and then you're asked to have something that was made by a five star Michelin chef, and you're like, eh, it's not perfect. That's some lame shit, Derek. That's some lame ass shit. That's like taking. That's like going like okay. What, like you like Wes Anderson a lot. What's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? I don't. I I do. I don't know. It's my favorite, but I do really like Budapest Hotel. Okay, so let's say Budapest Hotel, and then you're 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 matching. Did you see Bottle Rocket? Have you seen his movie no. Bottle Rocket? No. Damn it! I so this to. doesn't work for you. But either way, the <laughs> fact of the matter is, Bottle Rocket is a good movie, but it's not as good as the Budapest because one, they didn't have as much money, and two, he wasn't as good as a filmmaker. I know, but that's my point is like if I just saw them in a different order, then I would have appreciated oh my God. Boogie Nights as the masterpiece <laughs> worth of, of collection. It and is. that 25 that he produced, you know, versus like having seen Magnolia already and like going back to this. And I'm like, yeah, has he never won good. an Oscar? <laughs> Paul has Thomas he never won an Oscar? No, he never has. That sucks. Uh, he, I, I thought why. he was going to get one for writing with Licorice Pizza and it didn't happen. Yeah, but wasn't there somebody else that stole it? Was I forget it? who it was, but yeah. It wasn't everything everywhere. That's this year, right? Yeah, that's this year. That's not going to be for Was it Dune? Year. No, Dune was, Dune no, was still this year, Dune. right? Yeah. But I either way. we talked about it. There was some stupid reason as to why. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, it's <laughs> this movie is, I, I don't know, man. I just, it's a character study and doing it so well is it, it, in, in, in two and a half hours. Magnolia's. I know it's not Magnolia, 
It's not. It's you're right, Derek. You're absolutely correct. This is not Magnolia. I I understand how good Magno of a movie Magnolia is, but even with that being said, Boogie Nights is a great movie. It's a it's really really good. Like it is good. Yeah, and you you, you got to look at the performances too, man. Like Thomas Jane when he's coked out in Alfred Molina's house. <gasps> oh my God, Alfred Molina! Let's talk dude, about that, dude. Like, that come was on, great scene. dude. This sequence is amazing. That was a great scene. <laughs> like, dude, the kid was twenty five years old and and came and like was able to direct some Wait, heavy hitters. Twenty five. <laughs> oh wow! He was twenty five years old, and he was directing Wait. giants. I'm just saying, dude. And. Plucking golden eggs from geese. Yes. So not the as movie... good as Magnolias. No, it's <laughs> oh not. My God. It's not. So the budget for this movie was fifteen million dollars. FYI. Wow. Wow. Uh, budget was fifteen million. Made gross worldwide forty three. So they a little made over forty three. It it doubled its money back. It made its money back. So it yep. was. It's almost three successful. times. Yeah. It was, yeah, successful. it was successful. That's why I mean, that's why I think he was given some more money. I feel like Magnolia probably made less than that, though. I don't know. I don't know. It probably did. I mean, probably I didn't mean, have the same following. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. No, I already found it, dude. Uh, Magnolia's budget was thirty-seven. It made back its money. It made it grossed uh, forty-eight, a little almost forty-eight and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide, so it made back its budget. Budget, so but not was, by much. Only ten, not by only much, extra yeah. ten million. Yeah. But I mean, you also had more bigger people in Magnolia. You had Tom Cruise and hanging out, you know, in the movie. So I'm yeah. sure his paycheck was a good bit of that. It was probably uh, twenty of that you know, thirty-seven. Another massive yeah. performance from some film, uh, Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Was he in Magnolia? I don't remember. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, was. He, he was. He was the nurse. He was the nurse. He was His name is Phil. <laughs> His name is Phil. That's right. He was Phil the nurse. And it was Bro. a magnificent performance. Yep. Oh my god! Yeah, he was great. No, I mean it was just. We talked about that on our episode, folks. Go we did. Episode. Go watch. Go listen to that episode. Uh, Magnolia. Also a choice from uh, Derek. Strangely enough. He doesn't get many good choices, but he's got a couple. <sighs> We're getting to that. We're getting to that. Wait till we get to my pick. <laughs> oh, God. But, all right, so one last, let's, let's talk about one last thing. Let's talk about the Colonel. Let's talk about his trajectory Ooh. in the movie. That, that was, was like. Disappointing. It was. That was like wild. Like, yeah. I like I had a feeling it was going to head that way when I, when I saw it. Because this is the first, you know, case in point, this is the first time I've seen Boogie Nights in possibly 20 years. Uh-huh. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. So watch this movie again for the first time in twenty years. It was the first time I'd seen it. Twenty years. And then when when they show the colonel in jail and so, you know, he's telling Jack that hey, I need you know, I need you to back me up here. And Jack's like, Oh, you're with a girl. It's fine. Just say you didn't know. And he's like, Yeah, but they found pictures. Was it pictures or movies that he had? What did he have? I think okay, so this is what I'm that I'm like a little bit, and I, I realized watching it this time that it could have been a couple different things. It could have been content like media, pictures, or video, or it could have been actual children. Children at the house, right? Yeah. So like, I don't and like it, they don't they don't clarify that. So but either way, either way, it was something that yeah. the minute he said they're so little. Yes. It's so cute. 
Yeah. It's so adorable. Jack immediately was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Like, I can't be around this guy anymore. Like, and I think. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because I think. This is one of the things that I was like, I was like mesmerized by Burt Reynolds because Burt Reynolds was a much better actor than people give him credit for. You know, I think he did a great job in this one. Well, he was nominated, so that's one. But he, he, Burt Reynolds is sneaky good in a lot of things. And this was one of those performances where he was sneaky good because it almost seemed like when it happened and the colonel told him that, he wasn't surprised. Yeah. It was more it's like, like it's like he didn't need to hear it. He already knew yeah, it. Yeah. 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 It was more like that. Like, fuck. And it was more like he knew that somebody was listening because all that shit's recorded. Well, nobody like, fucking by hearing it, it became real. By hearing it, it became real. And that's when you heard the, the click. You remember he, you heard the click on the phone. He didn't hang up, but he stopped listening. And that was basically like the way of. You know, Paul Thomas Anderson saying that at that point, I think that this is what I took from it. That was PTA's way of saying that Jack Horner had already hung up on the colonel being a part of whatever he was doing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's exactly what it meant. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, because then you couldn't hear the colonel anymore. Yeah. This person was cut out now. He was cut out because... I think like Jack knew that he was into some crazy shit and he probably knew that the girls that he was meeting with were underage also yeah. because that girl that you saw at the pool party was definitely underage. Like yeah. she was extremely, she probably was 15, 16 years old, the character. Mm-hmm. And for him to act the way he was, it was just like, all right, I'm done at this point. Like well, I can't, I can't be a part of this anymore. I mean, there's a, there's a line that got crossed, I think for him. So he was for like, real. that's, that's it. We're done, you know. Which is funny, considering you have Eddie and Roller Girl, who are two seventeen-year-old kids, and they're fucking in front of him. But hey, yeah, but that was apparently uh, acceptable. Okay. You know, that was, <laughs> that totally was acceptable. You know, it legal. It seems like you know? it's just kind of weird, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well. And he's just sitting there cig- smoking a cigarette while they're having sex. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but and kind of. Um, I, I don't know how this to say is this. Definitely the most sexually charged episode we've ever done. I don't know. You've definitely said cum gutters more than this. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Um, it it was. I thought it was. I don't know. Worth noting how Burt Reynolds would watch the filming process, and he was, yeah. it was very intent, very focused, but it never seemed. Sensual for him, no. Like he was working. Oh, this was his work. Yeah, this is this his, was art his job. Though. Yeah, I think he truly did. Like, I think he truly loves the job, like the cinema. Like, yeah, there is a like an artistic. I think he was looking at it at himself as a creative, not as a yeah. guy who shoots porn. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So. And because that's because there's a scene where he's with Kurt and they're editing the Brock Masters movie, and he's like. This Brock is the thing I've ever made. 
Brock Landers. Landers. Brock Landers. Sorry, Brock Landers. Brock Landers Hilarious and Chest Rockwell. Chest Rockwell, um, dude. That name. <laughs> I was like, I forgot that was his name in the movie. This time. And like, I forget. I was like, that name is hilarious. Like, started laughing immediately. Chest Rockwell, dude. Yeah, oh my god. I'm his backup. I'm his second. I'm his. I'm his, I'm his partner, Chest Rockwell. Just like, so funny, it's so good. John C. Riley, dude. I, he's I, great. I can't give, he's great. He's so good. But no, but yeah, but like, he, it's true. Like, he sat there with Kurt and he's like, this is the best thing we've ever done. He's like, this is like the most amazing thing I've ever done. Like, it was just, he did everything he wanted to do in that one flick and he got it done. And it was just like. And I've then whenever they bring in the rookie kid, they're like, ah, it is what it is. At that point, he's doing videotape. Because you saw him in that one scene where they're walking through his warehouse, dude. And. That was and it was funny. I mean, do you know about the San Fernando Valley, Derek? I know that it is a location. Well, the San Fernando Valley is literally the porn capital of the world. Okay. Like all the major, like I don't know about now because now you have Miami and you have Vegas and the back internet. in the day and the internet. But but I mean like but like back in the day, like San Fernando Valley was where all the porn studios were at. Like all the porn companies were in the San yeah. Fernando Valley. And that's where okay. PTA grew up, hence his like connection to this. Focus really? Is that where he grew up? Yeah, he grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Oh shit. Also I didn't know that, where dude. all where most of his films take place are in the San Fernando. Oh, Not true. all of them, but most of them. Yeah. Was that where Licorice Pizza took place? Yep. Yeah. As well as Punch Drunk Love, as well as Magnolia, as well Magnolia. as uh as Boogie Nights. Oh shit, dude. I did not yep. know that. Fuck me, man. Fuck the me more with a bottle. Know. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Derek. Okay. It's good. <sighs> right, so I, I mean, I mean, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I mean, I, mean, I, I love this film a lot. I love this film. There's a lot. There is a lot that we keep talking about, but I mean, like, I just think everybody should watch it. I think that there's a brilliant acting. It's a beautiful cinematography. Oh, the score is brilliant too. This is a guy. They use this guy named John Bryan, um, and John Bryan did all of Paul Thomas Anderson movies up till um, There Will Be Blood. And then Johnny Greenwood, who is the guitarist for Radiohead, took over to the scoring duties. So I love the score of Boogie Nights, too. I love the musical choices. I think it's almost uh, almost perfect. Not like super almost perfect, but getting getting close. I think it's all around a fun time to watch, too. It's like a fun ride. That's a disaster. All right, so we're we gonna do our um, our ratings. Mm, is it that time? Do it. I don't let's know. Do is it? it? I don't know. Let's do I'm it. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm ready for it. Let's go. All right. You go. I'll go last. I'll go last since it was my pick. Derek, you go. No, Derek, you and me. Yes. Yeah. Is it because you haven't done done your rating yet? No, I know what my rating is. So go ahead. <laughs> All right. So mine. Uh, how well Fucker. it's made. Four. How much I enjoyed it? Three and a half. Okay. So seven and seven a half. Seven and okay. a half? Okay. I yeah. can respect right. that. I can I'm I'm I, okay with that. I, and I, I just can't state that enough. It just it just I wanted it to be better or as good as Magnolia and, and it wasn't. I just wish that I'd watch it in another order. I'd that's... be able to give it a better uh, <laughs> like, that's unfair. More, an unbiased uh, opinion. Yeah, it's unfair of you to do that. And I'm disappointed, but you do you. The okay. <laughs> what you got? All right, all right. Speaking I've just I just looked up that John Breyer guy. You know, he he's the composer of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, Mine. yes, and also that. uh Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of them. Eternal He's, he's got great. a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyways, um, all right. So um, as far as the motion picture is concerned, I'm I don't do the breakdown. I just fucking give it out. I'm not uh, spit it out. <sighs> I'm not hoity toity like Derek. Um. So as far as uh the motion picture is concerned, my rating for the motion picture, I, I'll give it a solid eight. I think it's a solid eight for me. I I, I enjoyed the flick. Like I said, it, it gave me casino vibes just because of the time and the way it was shot and everything like that and the way it looked of it. Not, it didn't detract from it. It just gave me that vibe to it. And I love casino. I think it's a great flick. And so I, I really like this movie because it was fun watching the way you know, you had the characters motion, the characters go through whatever they were going through, and then it was like you know the backdrop of it being the porn industry, which was which is very interesting as far as you know just that type of lifestyle, which was just crazy to watch in the movie back then. You know, especially in the '90s that when it came out, which was I don't remember there being something back then that was like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm gonna give the movie a solid eight. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I I, res- I respect your scores, guys. Um, I have a guess, so I'm just noting that. I want you to just give us your score, and I'm, I'm going to believe that I've already guessed it. You have a guess <laughs> of what you think my score is? Yes. Okay. Is there a way to confirm that you were right or wrong? How can we do Put it this? in the chat. Put it in the chat there, Dan. Well, no, but then I'll see it. I'm just going to text it to Tomas. Text it to me. Text it to me. This is great for podcast world. I know. This is hilarious. <laughs> did you, did even, you send the text? Where's my fucking phone? I don't even know my phone Not yet. Dude. Go ahead. Because I'm so interested in seeing if you're correct. Because oh, I don't think you're going to be. Uh, let me see. I have sent I'm, it. Go. Okay. Derek sent it. So you guys heard me just gush over the phone a few minutes ago. <laughs> so I don't have to... So don't have to go into all the details of why I'm giving it the score. I think everyone should watch this movie. It's a great movie. It's a fun time. I'm giving it a 9.6. Damn. <laughs> it was close. What did he say? He said a 9.4. Oh, wow. You were close. I, you were, I was pretty sure you were at a 9.4. You were close. You know what's funny? I was debating between a 9.5 a and a 9.6, and I went with 9.6. Mm, both are wrong. Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are your stupid, um, dumb picks? <laughs> top Actually, shelf. No, we have top to do shelf. top shelf first, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tomas, what right, give me your so uh, top shelf, bud. I honestly I, I honestly have two. I have, a, I, have a, I have an honorable mention and then my top shelf. So my I have the I spoke about it earlier is that FIFA Uncovered documentary, which was fucking great. So if you guys can watch it, it's worth the time, especially since now it's the World Cup, which is great. So it gives you some context in what's happening right now in Qatar or Cotter or whatever the hell it's pronounced. I'm sorry. I think um, it's Cutter. Is it Cutter or is it Cotter? I, I don't even uh, know. I thought it was Qatar. Yeah. That was Qatar too. But anyways. Um, it's also so, commercial, but uh, the, the, wherever they are, Qatar. 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 The Cutter people put out an ad with David Beckham where he talks a lot about the different cultural things that he enjoys Yeah, from there. And he says cutter. He says cutter. Okay. I don't know. Anyway. So it's, it talks about that whole aspect of, you know, everybody getting in and all the money that was passing through all the different, you know, people who got like a lot of money, you know, and it wasn't like some of the stuff was backhanded backdoor kind of deals where they didn't really say it. Other mm-hmm. times it was like, yeah, how much are you going to pay me? Like, it was like that kind of shit was going on. It was crazy, but it, it's a cool, it's cool. It's, it's a cool series. It's only like three or four episodes. So it's definitely worth watching. 
but really, my top shelf is this new documentary that literally just came out probably in the last couple weeks from Netflix. It's called, um, God, I, I, I'm going to say it wrong and I don't want to say it wrong. So hold on a second. Is that black enough for you? Is that black enough for you? Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 written and directed by uh, Elvis Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, who I, I've never seen any of his movies, but I guess he's a documentarian. Yes, I got I got mm-hmm. so I got I got I got to look and see what movies he's done. But um, he um, oh shit, he was a part of Mantis. Anyways, so he made a documentary about uh, African Americans and African American cinema. Mm. And it's really, really good. Like it's a very good documentary, and he has a lot of interviews with a lot of prominent, like African American, like crew and actors, directors, and he talks about like basically like African Americans in cinema from like silent film era up through today, and then like specifically he takes a lot of time in the sixties and seventies during the black exploitation era. And how that affected, you know, not just black cinema, but, you know, mainstream cinema in general. So it was, it's a really good, really, really good documentary that That's I'm cool. really enjoying. At yeah. this that moment. sounds really so, good. Yeah, yeah to check um, out. it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's really good. Like they just, I've, I've got, I mean, I'm saying, I haven't even finished watching it and I'm fucking like, I'm loving every second of it, but it's like two, a little over two hours long, I think something like that, like two hours and 15 minutes long. That's how long the documentary is. And it's, it's brought some stuff to mind that like, I didn't even know about, like, I didn't know about how Harry Belafonte, like, like left Hollywood for like 10 years because he didn't like what was being brought up. Like he was supposed to be in guess who's coming to dinner. And he was like, I'm not doing that role. Mm. And they gave it to Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier won best actor, mm. you know? And so like, they, they have, a, have a lot of stuff like that. Like talk about like, what was like the, the, like the reason for shaft and Gordon parks and what he did yeah. and how they brought along, like all these characters. And it was just, it's just wild. Like, like they could say like the first like one of the things that they talked about was Night of the Living Dead, you know, had the first mainstream quote unquote black hero. And he was and he died at the end. He was murdered at the end by the white cops. You know, it is just it's just it's a it's a it's a great movie. It's a great documentary so far. Cool. Okay. So and I would watch it. Watch it. Cool beans. Yeah, this actually sounds pretty interesting, dude. I'm down for it. Eric, you have a top pick, sir? Yeah, so I started watching this show on, um, I believe it is on FX through Hulu, and it's called Fleischman is in Trouble, and it is stars, it is it stars Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes and, um, oh God, what's that guy's name? Brody something. I think he was on the OC back in the day. Adam Brody. Adam Brody. That's his name. Yes. <laughs> Adam Brody's in it. Um, and it's about this uh, guy who's Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg, who just separated with his wife. And, um, you know, he's got shared custody of the kids. He's a doctor. They live in New York, like a little bit higher society in New York. And the, the wife comes and drops off the kids a day early, just drops them off the house and leaves. And leaves him with the husband and says, hey, I need it. need you to take him a day early. I need some me time. He's a little bit pissed off because he's got like a Tinder date or whatever. 
And then she just doesn't show up again. And he doesn't know where she is. Very interesting. And that's all I'm going to say. I don't want any, I don't want to say anything else, mm. but it's just about where it's that's like, wild. yeah, yes. And he's rekindling friendships with his old friends that he didn't have, or he lost touch with when he was, when he was in his marriage and they're trying to help him figure out like, what is going on? Like, where is she? What's going Like, you know, what, what is the story here? It's a comedy. It's like a dark, dark, dark comedy. This but, this is almost like one of those Spike Jones kind of movies. Yes, it's about. very much uh, like that, that guy. What's his name? The guy who wrote um, Being John Malkovich. Um, that's Michelle. That's um, sorry, not Michelle Gondry. That's uh, our boy. I don't know why I forgot his name, but I know exactly I'll who you're talking it. about. Yeah, yeah. He did. He he did also like he did that Anomalisa. Movie he did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah. He wrote, he wrote all those those movies and Adam Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, Kaufman. And Andy Kaufman. Yeah, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. But yeah, dude, it's great. It's called Fleischman is in Trouble. Uh, it's such an interesting show, and uh, I'm glad I was a friend of mine told me to watch it, and I went and did. I was like, this is great. So yeah, Fleischman is in trouble. What about you, Derek? Hmm. So it's been a while, you know, since we've talked much about anime. I decided to take some of Eric's advice and take a step back, and I kind of stepped away from watching much anime. I went from watching like show after show after show after show to like maybe one a month or mm. something like that. Hmm. And recently I've returned to anime and man, it's just as good as I remembered. It, yeah. It's been fantastic. There has it's, been so much good content out there. You're watching Chainsaw Man. You're talking Dude, I'm watching that. I'm watching everything out right now. I'm watching easily like 15 animes right now. Um, How is Chainsaw Man, by the way? Okay. Uh, it's Jujutsu Kaisen with a different spin. Honestly, okay. it's really good. Really good. Uh, very gory. If you're not into that, um, lots and lots of blood. That's not your top shelf though. Uh, no, it's not my top shelf. Um, right, I, the season hasn't shelf. finished yet. Okay, geez. So, <laughs> so my top shelf is a show that uh, I wanted to watch a while back. I, I finally got around to watching it, and there's a full season. I think there's 24 episodes out. And man, once I started it, I was sucked in. And I don't want to hear your bullshit, guys, because I'm going to go down this rabbit hole with you about how weird this story is. Okay, so we've got. <laughs> I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and do this for you. Um, we have a rich family and we have a poor family. Rich family and poor family both conceive and bear a child in the same hospital on the same day, and those children are switched. Okay. Ooh. All right, not nothing original. the The rich family takes home the girl. The poor family takes home the boy, and it should have been the other way around. Let's just start there. The poor family who took home the boy also has a younger daughter by one year later on. Right. And so these kids grow up in separate households, don't know each other exist, all that stuff. And by the time they're about 17, the hospital (laughs) notifies the parents that, Hey, we accidentally swapped your kids. You guys ought to meet. Right. So now, you know, the, the poor family has raised, this boy to be their son, but he's not really their son. And now they want to meet their daughter that they never met before from the rich family. Okay. Who's a total bitch. 
She's she's uppity. She's you know uh, an Instagram influencer, all of that stuff. Yeah, this is such um, an original storyline. This is great. Keep going. No, it, it Keep gets going. it gets yeah, it gets even I crazier. I can't believe how much better it's going to get. It's just going to be. I, I don't know how to top this. It's great. Keep going. So they meet, and the parents of these two families decide that the best way for these two families to now be united is that they should be an arranged marriage. Oh my god. Because these two kids are not technically related, even though they're raised I, by each other's parents. I was somewhat interested. Now that has totally fallen by the wayside. No, no, it gets worse. <laughs> oh no. The it's, son it's, it's, the it's, son it's, from it's the no poor family. It it's not possible. No, no. <laughs> just this, wait. I'm just there are three layers to this. There are three layers to this, and that's only the first layer. The second layer is the son who went with the poor family is, you know, because he comes from nothing. He's like the top of his class. He studies his ass off. He's one of the smartest people that mm-hmm. does not socialize or anything like that. So he doesn't have any interest in women and in, in women, except for the one girl who is, he's number two in his class. The girl who is number one in his class, he's got the hots for her. Turns out that she's got the hots for him too. And she can't get married because she's got some kind of like family thing going on. Now for the third layer, his sister, who he grew up with, who's technically not his sister anymore because it turns out that he was swapped at birth, she realized that she got the hots for him. So he's got three different girls pining for him, and he doesn't is have this, any interest in any of them anymore. Is this hentai? No. This is just <laughs> an anime where they just, like have, they just talk about it. It's they just talk about like life. God. So the show is called A Couple of Cuckoos. That that's not that that that. Oh my god! I'm not even surprised at the fucking title of that show. It's called A Couple of Cuckoos. There's there's a bunch like, of episodes out. It's like it's like Pancake Forever. Oh god! Wonder Egg Priority. You dipshit. Right. <laughs> I'm just impressed with like just how original that storyline was. I'll never forget that. This is Eric. Beautiful. You just wait for my top picks. They're coming up next. Wasn't it? Wasn't that All a right. porn movie? That was like a porn movie to me. Moving on, as we get on, uh, you know, uh, with with Boogie Nights, it was it was a wonderful pick. I, th- I think uh, Eric chose wisely, and Thank we're you. on to uh, my pick now. Something that Eric said our most recent episode prior to this one was that uh, I don't fucking know what you've seen, Derek. I don't have a list of things you haven't seen, and I realized. <laughs> There are lots of really good movies that I have wanted to see for a really long time, and I'm going to stop picking movies to try and share them with you motherfuckers because y'all don't seem to appreciate shit. I'm going to start picking movies that I haven't seen that I want to watch, and you're going to have to suffer through it with me. So I have no idea if this movie's any good, but it's supposed to be very influential in the early seasons of anime. And so we're going to watch Kenji Miyazaki's movie. I'm going to say this wrong. Miyazawa's Kenji Miyazawa's Night on the Galactic Railroad. Are we hold on? Is this anime? It's his anime. Oh shit. Eric's Eric's not gonna watch this movie. <laughs> I have to say that um it wow. was described online as if David Lynch didn't make Dune but made an anime. So I'm curious to see what the hell that means. It's supposed to be a good movie. I've never seen it. I'm interested in seeing it. That's what we're going to watch. I'm confident I'm going to be fucking angry. It came out in 85. Um, oh, no. I'm going to be fucking pissed this off is an the 80s whole way through. Anime? And it's oh, a David my God. Anime. We're going back, bud. Oh, we're going all the oh, way back. shit. This is going to be so great. How Everyone, did you even find it? How did you even find this? 
So it's. Have you even seen this movie, Derek? Have you seen no, 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 that's what I mean. I've never seen it myself. It's uh, supposed to be a very influential movie in the early days of anime. Like a lot of other artists got a lot that they pulled. I had heard of it. I've never seen it. I have not seen it either. And so that's what kind of I was um, because it's been apparently such an influential film. I want to see it and at least have understood it. And perhaps I come to have the same. Uh, let's just say perspective that Eric has on movies such as like, I don't know, Brazil, for example, or Paradise Lost, or all of the other films that people are supposed to have seen, and he kind of has a distaste for now. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, you can stream it on Pluto, and you can rent it on Amazon. All right. Yeah, Night on so, the Galactic Railroad from you have to text so folks, because I'm not going to remember. You know, so get yourself ready, because I'm sure you, everyone's excited that they've heard that we're going to watch the anime known as Night on the Galactic Railroad. It's going to be some of our best work ever. All I'm right, sure it will be. What's on to so, our Christmas pick, which uh, I also have commandeered this year. Oh fuck me. Yeah, this is going for the three. I'm going for the third punch. You ready for it? We've waited this long. So stupid. I've been telling you, motherfuckers, you need to see this Christmas movie since we started this motherfucking podcast. We need to see this movie. And now we're going to watch a Christmas movie. Tokyo motherfucking Godfathers. Oh, God, another anime. Yes, I have a feeling this is not a Christmas movie. It is totally the most heartwarming, (laughs) wonderful Christmas movie that I think you will ever see. I love this movie. It's a great Christmas movie. And that's you know, what we're going to watch. You know, you, know, you've, you know you've like literally rolled up your anime quota for yeah, the next two years, Yeah, you just filled right? it up for the rest of the year, dude. Just like the next two wait. years. For the next two years. Yeah, yeah dude. You came out two back to back. He came out. We got to come back with a vengeance. We took a year off. We got to do a year on now. Okay. No, <laughs> two years. It's two years because oh. you're picking two movies. So, all right, all right, all right. So, Tokyo so, Godfathers came Tokyo out in Godfathers. 2003. Okay. And let me see if I can figure out where you can watch it. You can watch this on Roku and Hoopla for free, which is cool. Hoopla is that service I was mentioning. You get for free yeah. some library memberships. And then you can rent it just about everywhere else. Apple TV, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. All Tokyo right. Godfathers. Can't wait, guys. Can't wait. <laughs> you want an original story? You fucking watch Tokyo Godfathers. Yeah, I'm sure mm. I'm going to be blown away. Fucking brilliance. I have no idea what to expect from that Galactic Railroad movie. I I have high hopes, but I have no idea. (laughs) I I don't know what to expect either. All right. So, all right. So there's, as far as quotes for this motion picture, there's quite a few. I, but really. Choose wisely. There's just, I don't know. There's no like one quote. There's conversations that are good, good conversations, but. We've already talked about it. I just think it's the best conversation in the whole motion picture. And I think it's the one between the Colonel and Eddie. I just can't get past it. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to say the names creepy, and then the, the quotes. Yeah. If you can do another quote if we want. I just can't think of another one. I mean, there's there's a few. I mean, I just I can't get past some of these quotes. But, but I mean, there's... I mean... I don't know that there's any like profound quotes. They're just pivotal quotes, so. right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. a whole lot of like, what the fuck are you doing every time that the wife is being fucked by somebody, yeah. you know, or, you know, I'm stupid. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. When Philip Seymour Hoffman's mm-hmm. character I mean, is beating could... himself up in the car. 
We could do the, the, I mean, like, I guess you could say the quote at the end of the movie with Dirk is the most important quote where he's like, he's like practicing his lines in the mirrors. I've been around the block twice now looking for something, a clue. I've been looking for clues and something led me back here. It's just way too long. I think really like the best thing for this, the, this whole scene is that one with, 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 with Kern, the Colonel where he's like, I'm looking forward to seeing you in action. Jack says you've got a great big cock. Well, I don't know. I guess so. May I see it? Really? Please. And Eddie lowers his shorts. Thank you, Eddie. No problem. And that's it. Yep. So, <laughs> good night, folks. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good there you are. There's a show. It's all about cock. Peace. Peace.